Happy New Year, everybody! It's December 31, year 2011, 7.30 here on the West Coast. And Patricia and I are ringing the New Year together with you. But first, our prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for the wonderful opportunity being here on the station. Bless all the listeners and supporters. Thank you for allowing us to be here to celebrate all the good things. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Okay, we're going to put on a little music here. I had to count the tracks. Okay, here is the Kings. Button up your overcoat when the wind is free. Take good care of yourself. You belong to me. Eat an apple every day, get to bed by three. Take good care of yourself, you belong to me. Be careful crossing streets, don't eat meat. Cut out sweets, you'll get a pain and ruin your tum-tum. Keep away from bootleg hoots when you're on a spree. Take good care of yourself, you belong to me. You've been reading about all that bad weather back east. I sure have, my There's murder, ain't it? Well, just for pure orneriness, let's sing another chorus California style. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> Throw away your overcoat when you come to Cal. You won't need it out here. Please believe me, pal. Leave your umbrella in the hall, cause it never rains. <laughs> Throw your rubbers away and your auto chain. And when you cross the street, look up and down, look back and forth. Then run, run, run like mad, cause the California drivers are bad. Keep away from nightclub fights when you're on a spree. Take good care of yourself, you belong to me. Sleep, my child, and peace attend thee all through the night. Guardian angel, God will send thee all through the night. Stop the drowsy hours are creeping Hill and vale in slumber's keeping I'm my loving vigil keeping All through the night Rest ye merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. 
to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy, comfort and joy. Oh, tidings of comfort and joy. From God our heavenly Father, a blessed angel And may all 
Christmas music down and say Happy New Year, Patricia. Happy New Year. I think I'm still on Christmas, though. I think you are, too. Oh, my goodness. I'm on someplace other than tonight. My goodness. What happened to me? Uh, you're not ready for the new year. Boy, is that what the problem is? Oh, it might be. Wow. Yeah. I hope to tell you. I fell asleep, everybody, so <laughs> if I sound a little wonky for a while, it's because my little body is saying, I don't want to, I don't want to. Now, my dear. Yes. Mm -hmm. did, did you did you go to bed after we got done with the show? Well. No? Um, let's see. I didn't. I went and played cards with my dad. <sighs> yeah, well, you have three extra hours out there. That's yeah, true. Um... I don't, I think I did, but no, I didn't. You, I, I don't, you weren't sure. I didn't get out, I didn't get it. I didn't wake up until noon. When I wake up, I'll be able to just. Yeah, I, I, I went and played cards with Dad, cribbage, until 3 in the morning. Uh-huh. Lay down, woke up at 7, turned back to sleep, and woke up at 12. It was notified Christmas, New Year's Eve dinner at 2 o'clock. And it was delivered at 1.30. You had breakfast for dinner. Or yeah, I always had breakfast for, and yeah, then I think I think my whole family fell asleep at six, because I had to go fetch my own supper. Oh, That's poor Walden! I can hear the chorus. Wait a minute, everybody! One, <laughs> two, three! Oh, poor Walden! So I had, if my mom lovingly for same song, second verse. Yeah. So. That's the honey bake ham. Oh, oh, oh. That's oh. what we, we had. Honey bake ham, a gratin potatoes, salad. Repeat performance. And. What? Rum cake. Rum cake? That's what mom decided to go with this year. Rum. I'll have two. So no. we, we got leftovers. So I went and had the honey bake ham and a gratin potatoes for dinner tonight. This all by my little self. This does not sound like I had to make my own dinner. <laughs> I think you just lost all the sympathy, both tablespoons full, <laughs> that everybody could muster for you. Poor Walter. So I, 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 somehow I'm going to manage tonight's show with nine hours of sleep. Poor Walden. And a happy stomach. Poor Walden. And rum cake for the rest of us when we go on break. Oh boy, we're going to have, we're going to share that. Ah, you bet. Yeah. 714-545-2071. Give us a call. I'm Long Hughes, and over there is the sleepy, adorable one. Yes, I'm sleepy. Yes. Yes. Call me out here. Please call. If not, it'll be a really short show. It'll be a really short show. <laughs> I think. I'm not sure. Boy, oh boy, you just keep talking until I wake up. Okay, well, we're, we are celebrating um, New Year. We, we are expecting the... Uh, they're coming in with midnight Eastern time, not too far away. So hopefully we'll hear from people from around the country by then. And Ron from Hawaii scheduled to come in at 3 in the morning, Patricia time, so she'll be awake by then. And we have stuff. 
we have shows left over from last night, which we can always play those. But I don't know if Patricia remembers what she sent, but at least I have them here. Poor thing. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed last night, Stuart Keenan interview, everybody. Oh, my gosh. Oh, boy, that'll wake me up. Yeah, I hope oh. you enjoyed it. I, I got a call from Lori Jackman at 3 this afternoon, and he huh? listened to it this morning. And he thought it went great. And uh, other people. Saved by the bell. Oh, oh, this is good. Saved by the bell. Hello there. You, are you here to wake up, Patricia? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Dan. Where were you this morning at 4.30 when I woke up? Well, my my cohort yeah. was, was already whimpering out at 4.15. Poor thing. Oh. So we shut it down and went, she, I sent her off to bed. But I don't think she followed instructions. All right. Well. Wait a minute. I have a question. I have a question. Yes. Where, where were you at 4 o'clock when we decided nobody from our family was awake? <laughs> Asleep. <laughs> we have the proper spin and perspective on this now. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. How you doing? How cold is it? Cold. It is right now 44 degrees. Uh, by this time tomorrow, it may be in the 20s heading to the teens. Oh. It may head your way. You may get down to all 50 by the mid part of the week. You're, you're being smart, aren't you? <laughs> no, I, I, I figure that that's how cold what how cold do you get down there? Do you get into the upper thirties? Do you stay in the forties? Last year, uh, we we had some typical weather last year, except it didn't go away. We usually get cold snaps, and it can go into the twenties. Really? At night, oh. yeah, but that's at night. And then it warms up like into the 50s or 60s during the day. And if we're really lucky, it'll be 70. But last year for, I think, Walden, didn't we count four weeks straight? I know. Patricia does, oh, not, Patricia does not own an electric blanket. And poor thing, I, I was about ready to have a fundraiser. To he he needed electric Dr. Denton's last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. Eaten everything. Yeah. Um, poor thing. Last didn't... year was very unusual. It was, it was actually more than four weeks. But we had four weeks straight of below freezing weather at night and that was more than my little body wanted hold on to your mufflers uh -oh. record cold temperature here was 22 below in 1992 do you remember yeah. that day that the day that lives in infamy do i now do you remember that day the day that lived that day. in infamy yeah. Mm -hmm. It was after one of our bigger snows. It snowed about 14 inches of snow, and then it the next day it, the bottom fell out of the thermometer, oh. and it just got down. It got down to 22 below, and then it for a high got up to three below. So we never got above zero. I remember a Fred Allen show Christmas time in 1937 where he has his. Routine where he does this new cast, how cold is cold. Mm -hmm. And the guy from New England is so cold when the uh, couch decides to give milk into the can, it turns into icicle. Mm -hmm. So I assume at 22 below, your cow could be having icicles. Gives ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was so cold when the cows were breathing, they would get frost on their on their muzzle. Woo wee. 
Oh, those poor babies. And we had to go out because we had to make sure that they had water, you know, and it's hard to keep water, you know, liquid at 22 below. It's hard to keep anything liquid at 22 <laughs> below. My goodness, mercury would freeze at that level. Okay, our... Had a, our had a, hmm? We had a heated water uh, trough there, and, uh, you know, I mean, at that point, you know, it's just hard to do anything, you know. Uh, just, how long did it last? How long did it last? You know, I'm not really sure. I can't remember the length. But I, I, it didn't stay that cold. I mean, it didn't stay below zero except that one day. But, you know, it it could have stayed cold probably for four or five weeks. It's not, not how, unheard of. You know, like warm, you said, you can get a cold snap and it seems like it hangs around. How warm would you keep your house in that kind of weather? How warm do you... Yeah, my dad you, always my dad always wanted the house to be kept about seventy degrees. Wow! But you pay for it in you know electricity. We at that point we had um, a propane furnace. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know that's pretty typical here. My house here is all electric. Um, I have kerosene heaters in case the power would go off and just to keep you know a, a second form of heat because. I remember in 1994, that was right after I'd purchased my house, and it got cold, the electricity went out, and I kept the house at a toasty 54 degrees with candles and canned heat sterno. Wow, at least your pipes didn't freeze, but holy cats. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't quite planned, you know, uh, at that point, but uh, we got through it. But, uh, Dan, was it you who was telling us a week or two ago, probably two weeks ago, mm -hmm. uh, maybe it was you, Walden, about somebody getting into bed and it was not uncommon for them to wake up. This was inside a house with frost or snow on top of their blankets. That was my dad. Wow. He, he lived, he, he was the last of 12 children and his father was 56 years old when uh, he was born. And at that point in my grandfather's life, they just kind of went from farm to farm uh, sharecropping. Dad was born in 1931. Uh -huh. So, you know, we're talking about some tough times. Yeah. And um, Dad, you know, helped work on the different farms at a very early age. This, in fact, they were, Dad was, um, Dad was three years um uh, Younger than Rosemary Clooney. Wow. So yeah. he, he was in her, the same school um, sometimes when he would go to school. But, uh, you know, a lot. he only went through the ninth grade. And then he went to the Army in 52, and he, you know, got his GD then. Hmm. But, uh, you know, he was a heavy equipment operator, setting steel and building roads and, you know. I wonder when do we start having mandates kids have to go to school until they're 16? Because, I mean, I talked to a lot of our famous entertainers and things. A lot of them, uh, like Jack Benny, just made you the third grade. A lot of them, because of work obligations. Uh, yeah, they had to... They had to go work. They were a source of income for the family and desperately needed. This was not luxury money no. or discretionary income. This is food stuff. My grandparents, who... Um, they lived, my grandmother was born in 1918, my grandfather was born in 1906. Um, 
He drove a school bus in the morning after they were married. They ran a general store. He did logging in the afternoon until they had to go, you know, pick up the kids. And um, my grandmother did ironing and also um, uh, laundry, and she raised turkeys. Oh my! During goodness. that same time period, and, so what did, and ran the general store with uh, two daughters. So what did they do with their free time? <laughs> Listen to the radio. <laughs> wow, she raised turkeys and kids and the generals. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So it was you who talked about waking up with snow on the blanket. Yes, yes, it was my father. He would say that he was very, uh, he remembered many times waking up, you know, in these old drafty, you know, farmhouses with, um, you know, snow on his bed. That's amazing. Uh, oh, ooh, I just, I, well, you guys have a good time. I'm going to bed. I'm going to get under my blankie. <laughs> <laughs> well, nice. I told you about, I told you about the old-fashioned Christmas that we had at our uh, Battle Park cabin up here at the Civil War Battle. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we had our fireplace running that night. It was at uh, about 32 degrees, and uh, it was pretty cold in that old cabin from 1860 and we had a pretty um we had a good crowd in there we had the dulcimer society right and they had five different people playing and we had um a lady and her daughter they were passing out cookies at a table and there were people of course the trouble was we had people coming and going out of the cabin most of the night we had 309 people in just that right at three hours Wow, that's a lot of people milling through. Yeah, it was. And uh, a fireplace really, great. A, a burning log in a fireplace does not really give you all that much heat because what heat it generates gets sucked up the chimney. Mm -hmm. So unless you're sitting in front of it, which is very nice and toasty warm, the rest of the room typically does not get any benefit from a fireplace. True. We have a double fireplace here where I live, and we haven't used it in 30 years just because... Uh, the heat would be in that one part of the house and it wouldn't be in the rest part of the house. No, no. And what heat it was tossing out was going to be slurped up like a straw. Yeah. Because of the updraft. You need the updraft in order to keep the fire going and it also takes all of the heat with it. Except it's amazing that there's a fireplace and in... you're down close to the ocean, aren't you, Walden? Uh -huh, three miles away. Okay. Yeah. You know, I, uh, the house, these, I live in a house that built 1961, mm -hmm. and 1700, I'm three miles away, um, but it, it has that, but we don't have, we don't have any air conditioning, you know, we just don't need that here, and, and it, it doesn't really get that terribly hot, because we're, we're, we're about, or oh, 10 degrees cooler than anything in L.A. or England, and, uh, but they just made it because of a decoration, Dan, that they built them as a double fireplace. Because, you know, because uh, when I get here, I mean, a really cold night here is somewhere in the mid-40s. And that, 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 you know, that, but, you know, I'm, a, you know, you know how I am. I got my electric blanket on when it's 60 degrees, you know, I mean, I'm just not... I have never lived in cold country. I have no idea what a thrill that must be like. I'm amazed that you don't have air conditioning because here, you know, we have, we get, 
you know, down to the teens and 20s in the winter, and then we'll get up in the, you know, uh, here it's very common for it to be, you know, in the 90s by May, mm-hmm. lasting through till Labor Day. That's just your typical summer. A really hot and, day, a really, really super hot day might be in the low 80s here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also the other thing I think I, I'm totally blessed with here, we have a, a great abatement program, so we don't have insect problems. Mm-hmm. And I bet where you are, you can see a few critters flying around the sky, all the bugs and everything, you know. You know, not as many as you would think, because mm-hmm. I think we have natural predators, because, uh, you know, we have birds, we have uh-huh. bats, there are a lot of, you know, and I remember as a child, we had a... Uh, we called it a security light. It was a mercury light that came on at night that was furnished by the electric company. Yeah. And we didn't have a, a you know, a, a light on every on every pole going up the road. Right. We had, you had to pay, I think at the time it was like $7 a month for a mercury light that would come on at dusk and go off at dawn. And I remember I would see birds flying around the, this mercury light and what I thought were birds, but um, it ended up sometimes they were birds, sometimes they were actually bats flying around Hmm. because they would be attracted to the light. And, um, you know, Indiana is pretty well known for, you know, its bat population. Really? I never knew that. These aren't your vampire bats. They're like little tiny bats. They might be four or five inches across, and they're scared humans. They live in caves, and, you know, uh, but they do eat like their weight in mosquitoes yeah. and insects, you know. So We're likely attracted um, to the bugs that were attracted to the light. Mm-hmm. And they were eating the buggy population. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of chickens in the area. I know they eat a lot of bugs and, and all. And uh, mosquitoes are our worst, um, I'd say, pest here. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, you know, usually in the spring, if it's been wet, we'll have mosquitoes, but that's about it. I know when I go Boy Scout camping, that's the biggest thing I run into is mosquitoes. Wyoming's just terrible with mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. And you just got to make sure you take the vi- vitamin B12 before you even go in that part of the country to help ward them off. You know, just... You may, you may find this hard to believe, but, you know, as a kid growing up on a farm... Mm-hmm. I ran around and I didn't have shoes on most of the summer. I mean, you know, we just were that way, you know? It was like, why do you want to wear shoes, you know? And I mean, your feet got tough and, you know, you were out, you know, walking in the grass, walking mm-hmm. in the dirt of the yard, and, you know? I don't think that's as common now as, I know it's not as common now, because, you know, kids are running, you know, going to different, stores and, you know, going to their neighbors and all, but, you know, when you're living on a farm, you get tough, and, you know, it's like, you know, why worry about it, you know? Huckleberry fan of the neighborhood. I guess, I guess I was. I didn't realize it at the time. What what about medical care, for example? I mean, if you went into some small town when you were growing up in Indiana, Mm -hmm. uh, would there be a doctor covering three or four cities? I mean, how how good with medical care, just in case you got hurt on the farm? I mean, uh, 
did doctors make medical calls, or did you guys basically have to take the uh, take somebody who got hurt on the farm to the doctors? How did how did how did you handle medical coverage? We well, my father, you know, had medical coverage through his union, uh-huh. and you know, then we carried. You know, I think his insurance paid like 80-20. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we, um, you know, went to carry a supplement. And then, you know, um, we never, knock on wood, we never really had many injuries Good. on the farm. Of course, we were, I think, I don't know, we just didn't worry too much about getting hurt. We were careful, um, you know. Uh, I remember once my brother was... Um, he kind of overstepped the end of the wagon and he fell down on the ground and just kind of dropped and kind of rolled and you know a lot of it's how you you know kind of take care of yourself I guess you know uh, yeah. I've had missteps I've fallen off wagons and you know I had a cousin who was killed mm-hmm. on the farm but the tractor rolled on top oh sure yeah. you know and that does I, happen I know people who have been killed due to farming accidents. I know um, people who have fallen through the ice on ponds, you know, when they were trying to get an animal off the pond. And, and uh, you know, I know that, you know, I know people have had combining accidents, and that's a gruesome thing. But, yeah. you know, it's just farming is a very dangerous job. And, you know, from falls and different things like that, um, I mean, it's very dangerous, and I know we were very lucky not to have had, you know, major calamities in the in, during the 30 years that we were on the farm. But uh, you know, a lot of it's just being careful, being cautious, and you know, uh, some people, you know, would tear up a a tank, you know, and yeah. you just you have to know the limits of your equipment too. I mean, you just can't, you know, expect a small tractor to be able to hold, you know, something that's larger, you know, especially you got to be careful when you're working with uh, trees, if you're cutting down trees or, or um, you know, you have to have the right... huge in comparison with square bales. Mm-hmm. They will measure seven feet across, you know, uh, uh, at times. And, you know, they weigh quite a bit. You know, they, they can be pretty heavy depending on how green the hay is. But, uh, you know, and that's another thing. We used to have to, I don't know if you've seen one of these large round balers, but, you know, a lot of times the hay would get stuck. We'd have to raise the uh, gate on the back of the baler and climb inside the baler. And you just always had to make sure you had the safety on where it, the gate would not come down on top of you. Mm. So. Um, was it common for 30 years that farmers went bankrupt? Did, I mean, there did were ever... some that went bankrupt. Uh-huh. I know we had, we had a, at the local bank, we were kind of getting at the end of the, of the days when you walked in and you signed for, you know, a, a loan. Right. I know that, toward the, what I would call the beginning of the bank mergers in the 80s. We had, our local bank merged over a 10-year period of time, 
merged uh, five different times. They went from being a local bank to being a regional bank to being a bank governed by the National Bank of Detroit. Mm -hmm. And then they went into being, I think, Regions Bank, which I think is funny who they are still with today. But uh, the banker at the time told my mother, this is going to take some research and paperwork on your part, but you need to submit these documents. We're going to open your line of credit. And then every year when you need to, you know, have money, just come down and we'll sign you a check. And, you know, this is a revolving line of credit. Before that time, you just walked in, you went down to the bank, you, you saw Mr. Blaine, and before that, you saw Mr. Alvey, and you'd say, I need X number of dollars to do, to get my crops out. And they knew you, our family had been had been banking with them since 1952, and you know they, you know, it was kind of back to the era of the you know Henry Potter yep. the old banker. You know, they knew people in town, and you either had their trust or you didn't. First bank loan I ever used is just somebody I knew. I knew the vice president walked in, and just, I didn't have any credit or anything. He just gave me, he just gave me a loan. Yes. That would not happen today. Yes. It would not happen today. Yes. Also, I was thinking in the 80s, I knew some families in Nebraska that the farm went bankrupt, but the banks didn't want the property. They would just allow the family to live on the property, and they were basically working for the bank. Mm-hmm. I know we, we, used, we, we were very selective when we bought new equipment. We pretty much worked with older equipment, and but we maintained our equipment. Mm -hmm. And finally, we had, um, we invested in a haybine. And that was a great, it cost $7,000 for a nine foot haybine, but we were cutting uh, pretty much two or three times a year our hay field, which was 15 acres. And then we rented farm property. We rented about 10 acres off of a neighbor and we were, cutting their hay on shares. We'd get a bale of hay, they'd get a bale of hay. Uh -huh. And then we would pay for the property at the beginning of each year. And our old mowing machine would, would just cut the hay. A hay bind will cut the hay and then it kind of crimps the hay, which makes it cure faster. Mm. And that, that enabled you to bale it quicker. Or I mean, you know, it would take less time if it was cut with hay bind. Uh -huh. And, you know, that was a great investment. You know, it, can you imagine worrying about going in debt $7,000? No. I mean, you know. Now I hear some equipment a quarter of a million to half a million dollars now. Oh, yeah, I know these hay binds. I mean, even back in the 80s and 90s, these, you know, combines that, you know, some farmers were uh, buying were just, you know, so expensive, and yeah. some of those farmers did go bankrupt. You yeah. know, I could name you at least three or four in, in our county alone that went bankrupt. And uh, you know, uh, you know, it was strictly a gamble. They thought they would do better, but the crops, you know, it, crop prices can go just all over the map. Um, how did you guys decide to pick out what crop you're going to grow the year before? I mean, how did your dad or you decide this is what we're going to grow this year? You know, since we were raising beef cattle, we were pretty much, you know, mm -hmm. half of our farm was pretty much designated for the cattle operation. And, you know, you had 
you had your pasture where the cows were kept, and you had the hay fields where you were raising the, the grass to bale and hay. And then we had a small portion. We had uh, at one point five acres of the farm in tobacco. And I'm speaking of farm. We had uh, 73 acres on our farm. Now we would then go off the reservation, so to speak, and rent other farmland mm -hmm. and pretty much bale hay. And then we also rented a barn from another neighbor where we would hang our burly tobacco. Um, and then we had to hire help to come in and cut the tobacco and hang the tobacco. That was the expense each fall that we were running into. And there at the end, we were paying $8 an hour. Now, I just heard in, in the thing of San Francisco, they just had a uh, their minimum wage is at $10.25 an hour. I uh -huh. think that just passed. Right. But, um, you know, it was getting very difficult even in even 20 years ago to find, you know, people who, you know, teenagers, young, so when young guys who would, mm -hmm. you know, who would come and work in the field in the 90 degree heat and for that, you know, amount of money. So when did you personally saw the handwriting on the wall that you knew you needed to do a different career? Oh, well, I mean, I have severe allergies and my dad said, you know, you need to work smarter, not harder. You know, that's why he said, you need to go to college. And I really enjoyed, I enjoyed working on the farm, but it was very bad for my health because the hay dust would really bother me at night mm -hmm. and I couldn't breathe. I would, I would sometimes um, take medicine and sometimes I found a spray years ago that was a um, aerosol camphor spray and uh, that would help me sometimes at night but uh, you know I enjoyed farming it you knew at the end of the day you could look up and see did I do anything then you could say oh yeah I put in that row of fence post or I repaired this or you know it was very hands-on um, you know uh, I have to tell you you know that when you're dealing with animals, you are sometimes a veterinarian. Yeah. You're sometimes a midwife. You are, you know. I remember coming home from school one day, and <clears throat> in the spring, there is a lack of magnesium in the grass that cattle are eating. And they sometimes will have what's called the bloat, and they just start kind of swelling up, and it's due to a lack of magnesium and they can't get the gases out of their system and they just start falling over yeah. and it's like oh gosh what are we going to do now mm -hmm. <laughs> i called the vet you know and uh you know one year we lost seven of our cattle you know seven of our cows wow. and some were some of the calves were left without mother and then you have to raise these animals you know yeah. bottle feed them i mean it's you just never know when you wake up in the morning, what you're facing. Well, didn't it sound like it was a fulfilling life in, a, in some ways? It was uh -huh. in some ways. I mean, I I think most people who are or were farmers, it's an experience that you'll remember the rest of your lives. Mm -hmm. And, um, and you know, I, I don't know how, I don't know if, you know, I can't, I can't understand very well living in California. I don't know how well I'm explaining this to, you know, 
you in California and Patricia in Florida. I don't know if if I'm verbalizing this, you know, where you're doing just making an impression on you. You know, it's like you know, this was my experience, mm -hmm. and you know, I don't know if I'm telling you in the proper manner where you understand, you know. <clears throat> how it really was, you know. I've spent um, enough time around farms, and not very much, but enough time around farms to understand and appreciate what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, uh, Good. Yeah. But uh, it's, you know, I learned early on, I I'll tell you a short experience. We, um, in the mid-80s, we sold our old farmhouse, and my mother wanted a different home, so we bought a, a modular home. And we had a crew come out and pour the foundation. And these gentlemen were from Louisville. And uh, they were, you know, they were all African-American. Mm -hmm. And we had a garden not too far from where this foundation was going. And, and uh, they had a foreman, and I think there were four or five Oh, you know, probably teenagers, 20-somethings, you know, 18. You know, they were young guys. And they had never really been in the country before. And they, my dad was explaining to the foreman, you know, oh, well, we've got this, we've got that. And here we have some potatoes. And, uh, you know, the foreman was, you know, talking to my dad. And my, these guys were you know, kind of, you know, listening. And one of the guys came up to the foreman later on, and the foreman told my dad, and, he said, the foreman told, said, said to my dad that, uh, you know, well, he says there are potatoes there, and you say there are potatoes, but I see no potatoes growing. Well, potatoes, you know, are pretty much, you know, grow the ground. underneath the yeah. ground, and yeah. they have vines coming up, but he expected to see potatoes hanging off the vines. <laughs> oh, how interesting. <laughs> he spent so, an awful lot of time in biology class, did he? I guess not, you know, I, you know, and, and another thing, you know, getting back to the street lamps, you know, when it got dark at night, they expect to see lights up and down our road, and, you know, we just don't have it in the country, uh -huh. one security light, you know, so, um, That's cute. you know, it's all what you're used to, it's all what you've done, you know, in your life, you know, it's, it's hard to explain if you haven't had, the, you know, that experience. Uh-huh. So. I, I remember reading a stat... In 1900, 95% mm -hmm. of, of the U.S. family lived on farms. Yes. By 1980, only 5%. Yes. I mean, we went to a total different cultural change mm -hmm. yes. from an agricultural lifestyle to the city life. I mean, we just... We went from agriculture to manufacturing to service-based economy, yeah. and that's where we are now. Yeah. That's part of why we're in trouble. We're not creating wealth. We're managing it. Mm -hmm. I, I was just going to say, and how's that working for you? Mm -hmm. <laughs> not very well. Not very well at all. So, I think, anything I, I think we are not going to have a very healthy country until we get our manufacturing base back. Mm -hmm. I, I agree. I agree. Oh. Manufacturing is uh, creating wealth, and we're not creating wealth if we're just sitting there waiting for Goldman Sachs to manage money that we don't have anymore. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, are you doing anything special for New Year's Eve? Uh, talking to you, I guess. <laughs> oh, wonderful. I, I have a topic then for both of you. What? What's that? What are the most memorable New Year's Eve you ever spent? 
Ah, uh, that's my question, Robin. I know. I have two of them. But what, how about you, Dan? Oh, gosh. Years ago, we went to a neighbor's uh, and spent, this was back, I'm sure it was in the 70s, and we just had a good little get-together. Um, they had a, a pool table in their basement, and that was the first time I'd rather really been around a pool table. And uh, Guy Lombardo was on the television, and uh, it was just nice, you know. There were It was just a family get-together, I mean, a, a neighborhood get-together, and, you know, I think we all were pretty much gone we left there about two o'clock in the morning and you know you have to understand you know we did not stay up very often that late <laughs> oh no. um, gosh you couldn't that wasn't part of your lifestyle on a farm occasionally you know for christmas uh uh the family would get together and they'd stay up till three in the morning playing euchre oh uh, yeah you know but and i i was amazed i mean my great-grandparents they were in their late 70s and they would stay up and they would play euchre half the night. They love playing that card game. <laughs> That's cute. I have a question. Did you ever spend time in a different part of the country for New Year's or a different country? Never been to another country and never, I can't, I can't imagine, I can't remember any time being away for New Year's. Um, Usually, usually this week has always been around the family. Uh huh. Now, a lot of times, a lot of times between Christmas and New, Year, New Year's, I will try to get around and see, you know, different members of the family. You know, like my aunts, my uncles. Uh -huh. Usually, every Christmas or New Year's, um, I would go up and visit my aunt who lived up there at Maysville. And if I didn't see her prior to Christmas or between Christmas and New Year's, I'd go up New Year's and see her. Um, but that's about it, you know, just pretty much traveling in this area. How about New Year's resolutions? And everybody who's listening has to think about this before you call, because I'm going to ask whether or not you've ever made them or whether you do each year when it rolls around. Hmm. Have you ever made any resolutions? Uh... Nothing, nothing drastic, you know. I think nothing more than anyone else. Uh, one back in 1992, uh, I'm sorry, back in 1991, uh, just prior to Christmas, um, we learned that my grandmother had ovarian cancer. Oh, boy. Uh, she lived uh, for the next uh, six months. She died in June of 92. And uh, at Christmas, she wrote us a letter and she said that, and she wrote us a, a letter and she basically said, I'm sorry for ruining your Christmas. Oh. You know, we just, uh, you know, re we just, you know, redoubled our efforts, you know, in trying to make sure that she had, you know, a, a nice, you know, Christmas that year and, you know, tried to, you know, get her through the sure. emo, but, you know, what can you do? I mean, it was just, uh, it was just such a rough, you know, yeah. bout that she had. It was too late, you know. Ovarian cancer is such a it's, hidden cancer, and uh, it's, you know, we we'd hoped that it would change, but you know, it's difficult to detect because it's virtually symptom-free for so long, it is, and it is. it's a very aggressive cancer, um, and it just takes over. And it's one of those that you don't have an awful lot of time. You don't have a window of treatment and you usually close the window because you don't know you have it. 
one of the one of the one of the complaints I heard about um, ovarian cancer, one of the symptoms, women complain that their clothes are tight or binding. That's you know, and I remember her saying, you know, I just feel, you know, like I'm gaining weight, and she wasn't, you know heavy by any means. She was very tall and slender. I have to uh, watch what I'm eating or my clothes are getting too tight or... Hmm? Yes, that was that was exactly what she would say. And yeah. and, uh, and I read a, a column in the paper about ovarian cancer after the fact, maybe a few years after that. And that was the one symptom that um, women complained of, that their clothes felt uh, small or tight or binding. So, was that but normally so, one way were not fitting properly? It wasn't that you know they they had overeaten or they were buying clothes that were different sizes. It was that mm -hmm. clothes that you normally wore just were not comfortable any longer. Yes, yes, that's right. No symptoms, no feeling ill, no just nothing that would make you want to say, "Oh my goodness, I think I have a problem." When uh, when she initially went in for a doctor's visit. Um, the doctor asked, uh, now what medicines are you taking? And, you know, she was 73 at the time. And, uh, well, occasionally I will take an aspirin or, you know, sometimes I'll take an Alka-Seltzer. And my mother went with her, you know, for this doctor's visit. And she was standing there in the room. And the doctor looked at my mother and she said, well, how long has she had trouble with her memory? And my mom laughed and she said, she just doesn't have trouble with her memory. She just doesn't take medicine. Yeah. <laughs> so... And the doctor, after the diagnosis, said, you know, basically you've got a body of a 50-year-old. Except? Except for this cancer, you know. And, yeah. But, you know, she got up and she she always woke up in the morning and she had a purpose in life, you know. Mm -hmm. That was either taking care of her family, taking care of her husband, or, uh, you know, gardening or quilting or something like that. So I think we all would be better if we keep that in mind and have a purpose in life. Sure. Sure. Knock it up and flounder during the day. That's right. That's right. Okay, well, I have Before to get off the phone here so other people can call in. But I want to call in and wish you a happy new year. And we'll all be listening to hear you all celebrate. We've got about 20, 37 minutes, I guess, until... Huh. We're, we're on the same yeah. time zone. I get all mixed up when I get into the central time zone because it's such a squirrely line that divides, and I just didn't realize you were Eastern time. Now, isn't Indiana one of those states that splits it between Eastern and Central time? Uh, that is... Uh, that used to be the case, but not so much anymore. Okay. Uh, up until... I think it was three years ago, Indiana never changed its clocks except where I'm living. I live three counties here close to Louisville. Uh, there are three counties near Louisville that always changed their clocks and went with Louisville time, which for the most part has been on Eastern time for many, many years. Mm. And But the rest of Indiana, they never changed time. So sometimes Indiana was on Eastern time, and sometimes Indiana was on Central time, the equivalent. Mm -hmm. Indiana was always on Eastern Standard time, which sometimes would be the equivalent of Central time. Understood. 
really, Indiana was really a squirrely state for a while. I, I told people, you know, who were had this question, I'd say, well, Indiana's the land of time forgot because Indiana never changed its time, you know. Huh? No spring, no spring ahead in the in the spring, and no falling behind in the, in the uh-huh. fall. So, um, but then that all changed, and they did start observing uh, the time change. There are a few counties near Chicago now that will be on central time and some near Evansville. Mm-hmm. But I think about 80 counties, you know, are pretty much on eastern time now. Just like in Arizona. I think Arizona and Hawaii are the two states that still do not change their time, their clocks. Now, I don't think Alaska does, but I'm not positive about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I have to go do my homework now. Okay, we've got 25, no, 35 minutes left, Dan. Yes. And before you go, I wanted to tell you I looked at my weather, and the record low for this day in history was 31 degrees in 1917. So we're going to have to wait a while, I think, before we get we get really cold. It's nice out tonight. Oh, boy. I'll send you some cold weather if you want it. No, 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 it's 62. Now, that's about as low as I want it to be. I have 44 at the time. Okay, I'll send you. Really? I'll send you some good stuff. Okay, sounds great. Start blowing hard. Oh. <laughs> right. Now, are you going to be here tomorrow night, too? For a while, yes. Yeah, okay. Patricia's going to have the early shift tomorrow. Okay. Then Michael Beal, Michael Beal, then I will run a Ray Bream interview after Michael Beal, so that's sort of the plan for tomorrow night. But oh, you have thing. to call at 10.30 to yes. wish everybody Happy New Year. Yeah, Patricia will be on everybody the first part of the show tomorrow, so... If you want to talk to her on New Year's Day, either wait 35 minutes or wait or wait till tomorrow 10.30. <laughs> call, call early, call off. <laughs> now, now, are you going to run this through till it's uh, New Year's in Hawaii? Oh, yeah. Sure, of course. Oh, yeah. I mean, I slept nine hours a day. I didn't get out of bed until noon. Patricia just took a nap, so we're going to be up for a while. Well, I woke up just after you went off. I woke up about 4.30 this morning. I've been up ever since. Oh, uh, Dan. Oh, man. Well, if you take a nap nap now, I bet you'll wake up in time with Don't Be On The Air. Well, I I had to do a double take this morning. I I clicked on and I didn't hear you, and I thought, now I've either either missed you or something's (laughs) happened. Well, you missed us, and it was my fault. I said, well, I am falling over here. So this has been a fall over time for me. I don't know what's going on. I told Walden when he called earlier. He said, how are you doing? I said, I'm not sure. I fell over about an, a two hours ago, and I've been up for an hour, and I still am walking around saying, where am I? Because <laughs> you know? I don't normally do that. I'm not a napper. It's, uh, it really throws me off when I do something like that. So I tell you, doing- you're going to have to podcast this so we can catch up, you know, for you know, those of us who fall asleep. I think there, I think there are some websites that actually do record our show. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh? I don't know my off the bat. I know Larry, Larry's aware of some, so maybe sneak around. I bet you can find some. I understand the last two years of our Saturday night shows are up there. Wow. Yeah. To, That's pretty good. have to do some investigating then. I know. We, we are immortalized. No, Im, Im, yeah. Immort, immortalized? Um, Never going to go away. That's true. Yeah. When Patricia and I have left this earth, our voices will still be heard. Oh, gosh. Isn't right. that a scary thought? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to get off so someone else can All right, play Dan. It. Okay, happy right. new year. Happy new year, Dan. Happy new year. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
All right, there's our first family member checking in at 714-545-2071. Let me tell you the two stories I remember happening on New Year's Eve in my lifetime. I guess I don't have to tell. You can oh. only have one story. <laughs> Hello there. You're, Happy New Year. You're on the air. Yes, Kurt. Kurt, how are you? Um, I'm doing okay. Good. But, of course, you know, when one thing is, is good, the other something else usually is not. So my stomach is better, and now I'm having trouble with my teeth again. So oh, dear. It's one thing after another. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, um... I just happened to, well, I, I was listening to most of that, of that last call, and, uh, you know, the, the farm experience is, is something that, that I think most of us really have no conception of, you know, the differences that that brings to life. I think you're right. And I think hearing all that information is really, it really is important because it tells us, in a sense, where we came from and what we went through to, you know. Well, I think it also gets us a taste what old-time radio was like for families listening to it on the farm in the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Right. And those people that just, you know, they didn't have TV or they didn't, you know. My my great-grandmother, she married at age 16 and drove cattle from Texas up to Nebraska. And the first winter, they didn't build a house. They dug a cave. Swept, and then she was so thrilled to have electricity. It took them after World War Two to have electricity on the farm. Wow! And she listened to the radio only for the news. It was battery operated in the 30s. That's all she allowed the, the family to turn on the radio. Get that she could hear the crop report, the weather, and that was about it. But right. that's that, that's to me that's a totally different feel. Oh yeah. With her life than what. I'm used to having electronics and things throughout the whole day, you know, having company, you know. That's for sure. It really is a different lifestyle. Anyway, um, not too much else going on that I know of. Um, Can I tell you my theme questions? Oh, yes. All right, because you always play theme with me. (laughs) New Year's Eve when you were growing up. What did you do on New Year's Eve when you were growing up? Have you ever been to another part of the country, like Times Square in New York City for New Year's Eve, or New Year's Eve in a different country? And did you ever make New Year's resolutions, and do you do it now? Um, I don't make resolutions. Um, Did you ever? Not really, because I knew good and well that I probably wasn't going to keep them and I just, you know, it, it just never sounds, because, you know, you know that you're that, that you're going to do it for maybe a few days and then slip back into not doing it, you know. Yeah, I think if it were worth doing, that it's so important that it needed a resolution. You should have probably been doing it all along anyway. Yeah, that's, that's true. Um, have never been outside the, the country or to another place for New Year's Eve. And we didn't really do that when I was growing up. We didn't really do that much. Um, my parents were not really that demonstrative of stuff. And so I think if we stayed up, and a lot of times they, my parents would go out with, you know, some, them, my dad was a Marine, so they might go over to somebody's house and, and we were left at home. And so we didn't really do that much for New Year's. So it wasn't a big deal. Christmas was the big deal during the holidays? Well, yeah. 
Yeah, well, Christmas, yeah, Christmas was, was, was basically the family, and we had an aunt and uncle that lived not too far. Actually, my uncle, um, Uncle Bob, sounded kind of like Burl Ives. Really? How interesting. Similar, similar voice uh-huh. to Burl Ives, but, but yeah, we didn't really, you know, um, it was a very small, I mean, my parents knew a lot of people, but um, because we went to different schools and stuff, we didn't really, we didn't have friends that lived close that could come over because we went, we lived in Santa Ana and went to school in Garden Grove for the first five years because that's where they had all the stuff for the blind. And so we didn't really have that many friends that would come over or anything like that. Yeah. So out of the holiday season, Christmas was the one that you celebrated. Yeah, kind of. I mean, yeah. And got sick on around. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You really have. Well, it's just one of those things, you know, getting sick, or, you know. Yeah, the timing is terrible. Yes. I got a note today from Bob Bro, who is one of our DJs. He's he's the big Gunsmoke person um, who plays... Um, I, I can't recall. What what tape number is Bob? Not that it's it's critical. Number five now. Number five. And I, I had sent him an email. I had found, by accident, a show with a voice I recognized. It was a Philip Marlowe show, and William Conrad was substituting for Gerald Moore. But they didn't say why. They didn't say Gerald oh, Moore was... I, yeah, I think I remember that show. Yeah, didn't sign his contract, or he was out sick, or that, just nothing, but that he was... Pl- The honest to God flu, plus viral pneumonia for two weeks. Oh. Down and out, and you know people toss around. Well, I had the flu yesterday. <coughs> Excuse me. Well, you don't get the flu yesterday. When you have the honest to goodness flu, you are on death's doorstep sometimes. And he was there. I guess he he said he was never so sick in his life. Yeah, those kinds of things. Yeah, he's got another week before he gets cleared to go back to work, so he's he's at a rough well, time. Knock wood, I have not ever had the actual actual flu. I did one time, and and the worst if if somebody told me I was going to live, it was worse information than if they told me I was going to die and be done with it. It, it was just dreadful, and that was a lot of years ago. But boy, it, it's one of those unforgettable experiences. I was. Well, one year, um, my wife and other members of the family, they got some kind of a flu or something, and I don't know, and I didn't get it, thank God. But most of them, when they got this flu, they actually lost a certain period of time, and they didn't, they actually did not know how much, how much time had passed, and they lost, you know, like a day or two. And they just, I mean, it was, you know, and they were just so sick that, you know, they didn't remember it. And, and most of them had, you know, some, some, you know, things that went along with that, 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 uh, you know, very bad stuff. And some people have uh, such a, a horrid reaction to the virus, the influenza virus, and get such a high fever that they'll even talk about hallucinating. Uh Yeah. Really awful, awful stuff. So I hope Bob is doing better. And that you know he, that he was able to sit up and answer an email. I guess is promising, but 
He's been a sick puppy. Yeah, that's that's really, uh, those things are, you know, like you say, they sound like, well, it's just, you know. I just had, I had a little touch of the flu. You don't get a touch of the flu. Right. It's just, you know, like I had a touch of appendicitis. No. Uh, yeah. Um, okay, well, as soon as I finish cleaning my glasses here, I'll ask you. <laughs> well, I think I was just, we were having a topic in the family, with my mom and I. When's the last illness, major illness that the country went through? And I'm thinking it's the flu, the flu of the 1917. Well, that, that was the, the worst pandemic, and it, it was pandemic, which made it, of course, um, a hard problem right but the most difficult thing was the, the the things that happened concurrently with the flu the flu was bad enough the flu itself could kill you but people would develop pneumonia and we had no antibiotics for example mm. so they would die of ancillary illnesses as yeah. well as the flu which made it a double whammy yes my 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 grandmother's family be my mom the, the family was so sick they had Five kids, two, 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 the parents couldn't could not take care of the kids. They had been aunts and uncles, and they were splitting up the family. Cause it, you know, it was just striking every member of the family back mm -hmm. in 1917. It was really awful. Yeah. Awful stuff. And we had, I guess, a, what was, I can't recall what the name of it was. I, you know, like we, we have bird flu right, and also right. fancy names for flu, but there was one that went around... I recall hearing about, was it in the 60s and 70s? Was there a, a really bad outbreak of a type of flu then? Well, there was, well, they talked about the Hong Kong flu. That was it. Well, I remember I remember in the 70s, we had the Legionnaire disease. Remember that around 1976 right. or so? It wasn't the flu, but it was brutal. Yeah. Um, yeah, that apparently was caused by the, um, in the hotels and stuff where you have the, Air conditioning ducts. And the pooling water, yeah. yeah. You, get, you get the... Perfect breeding ground for... Right. The virus that um, that was found basically in those places, and... I don't recall if it was a virus or a bacteria. Well, yeah, it could have been a bacteria, but but it took them a long time. I mean... Just didn't know what they were looking for. It, mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of funny that, that you kind of wonder, you know, if it, if it had been around before and nobody... Just nobody knew it, or, or you know, all of a sudden this new bacteria comes along, and the, the you know the exact way that works, and I don't know that they ever really figured that, but yeah, that was another. Yeah, well, they, it got the name, of course, because it was a legion, an American, I think it was the American Legion. Yeah, it was a convention. Yeah. At a hotel, and that always made me wonder if perhaps people within that area, well, but then a hotel they would have gotten in. I was thinking that people who lived in the area might have developed an immunity to it because they were repeatedly exposed to it, and people coming in from out of town were brand new to it, but that wouldn't make any sense because people from out of town stay at a hotel, so they would have had people there. But they looked everywhere except on the roof, and they, finally somebody went to the roof and found it up there. Yeah, that's, yeah, uh, one of the rather strange... Very, oh, yes. Oh yes, that was that was strange. But I think you're right, Walden. I think 1917 was the last time uh, we saw something so devastating that we were burying people at a regular rate. I, and I was just thinking here, you to talk about the other hotel. I was thinking the other major hotel disaster we had in the last 30 years was the Kansas City. I think it was New Year's Eve when the bridges fell down. 
and people fell to their death. Uh, that was the MGM? No, it was, in, it was in Kansas City, Missouri. And it was a hotel? Yeah. I, I yeah, I vaguely I remember. I can't remember that, that happening New Year's Eve. Yeah, I vaguely remember, yeah. but I don't even know exactly when that was. I, re I remember reading about the MGM Hotel, and I think that was in Las Vegas. No, where it's, yeah, it's 1978 with the, with the fires. 1978 when the fire broke out. Oh, the MGM Hotel had the fires, right. Yeah, that was... It had a, a bridge, an unsupported bridge, that was a construction uh, or an engineering... Uh, new, uh, a, a novelty, an engineering novelty. It was the first time they ever used it. And you're right, I remember now they had people dancing on the the bridge, which had no supports. It was supported on either end, and I guess designed in such a way that it was uh, stress, you know, to, to absorb the stress. Yeah. Like, you know, maybe a little bit of a concave bend yeah. to it. And the dancing set it to motion, and it just shattered, and everybody fell. It was awful. Yeah. Well, happy New Year, aren't we? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're really in the New Year spirit here, aren't we? Now that we're all, now that we're all cheered. Uh huh. Yes. Happy um, new season. Happy 1917 and <laughs> bridge disasters. Um, you know, it's a good thing people are staying home and listening to us tonight. Well, I think we're reflecting upon. Uh, momentous occasions in this in the country's history. Which are, I think we ought to be able to reflect the mood. Yeah. I guess. All right. Let's put it this way. We can deal with that. Hopefully, 2012 will be better. You bet. Yes, that's when the world is supposed to end. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, oh my goodness, this is not going to be. All right, you want a question? Yeah, I'm wondering. Did, are you still working on your on your color schemes? I am. I've got more shows. Do you have some shows to add to? Well, I have. Well, I have three. I don't know whether you've had these or not. Well, let me write them down and then I'll check my list twice. Okay, go ahead. Okay, there's Black Mass, Black Museum, which you may have, and Log of the Black Parrot. You know, he hadn't hit the color black, so I think you're safe, Kurt. And by the way, Walden, is there only one log of the Black Parrot show? I think it's just the audition. Huh? I think it's just the audition for that show, and that's it. I think you're right. Tell me the first one, Kurt, that you had. Um, Black, Black Mass. Mass. Black Mass, M-A-S-S. -S. It was a show that was done oh, by... Not that one. Eric Bowersfeld. Uh-huh. And a good show, by the way. It, I've, and I've come across it. I've not added it to the collection, but I know where it is. And I did not have that. All right. So you got two that I missed. Black Museum I had. Let me let me just make sure I put this down. Black Mass. Gosh, how could I have missed that one? And I'll cross that one out and put your name next to it. If you can get some of those shows, they, they're worthwhile having. You you would like them? Oh, well, he read, yeah. I mean, he um, they're, they're worth having, definitely. All right. Well, hold on. Because he reads, um, basically, he reads short stories or acts them out or, or whatever. And uh, as far as I know, uh, he reads them complete, unlike Nelson Olmstead or some of those people that had to abridge the stories for, uh -huh. for radio. So it's nice to have the unabridged stories. Uh -huh. So, yeah, that's a worthwhile show. 
All right. And I love the Black Parrot. Gosh darn it, I should have known that one, too. I didn't check enough. Well, of course, that one I got off of the... You sent that with the, um, the Scarlet Queen. I did? Mm-hmm. Yep. There's one show in there of, uh, of Log of the Black Parrot, which, um... Walden says, and I, I suspect is right, is the audition show and the only show that um, that they did in that series, which is too bad because it would have been an interesting it would have been an interesting series. Boy, and I sent it and didn't even know it. Yep. Oh, am it, I good or what? Isn't that and the show? Isn't that sort of the show where Lewis and Howard Duff basically switch switch uh, ranking officer positions? No, the I. No, okay. Death isn't in that one. Okay, because I know there's, there's uh, I remember there was an audition where Howard Duff is, is the head captain. And no, that's the, that's the, that's the Scarlet, that's yeah. Voyage of the Scarlet Queen. Yeah, and, and, and then by the broadcast, they switched, they switched, they switched over. Except Duff wasn't in that one. Yeah. It, it was, yeah. yeah, basically, it was just the, in the first show, you've got, yeah, you've got Elliot uh, uh, Lewis playing the, the first officer, mm -hmm. and then in the second show, he's the captain. Right. Yeah. Okay. But no, this was where they were trying. It was a later show. Right. I think it was from what 1950 or 52, mm -hmm. where they were trying to bring the series back. Right. And um, but yeah, it was an interesting show. And uh, you know, a worthwhile show. I remember that now. I I do remember that now. It was out of my head. Shame on me. Well, but no, I was. I mean. You can't remember them all, you know. Oh, why not? Walden does. <laughs> a lot of them, certainly. He was. So, okay, well, I will ferret out the Black Mass, and I'll put that in your uh, in your goodies. I have an IOU as well. Is there another one? You've got the South African suspense coming, and from last week, you said, okay, owe me. Yeah, yeah, I did. Oh, you? I didn't know that was a radio series called Owe Me. Yeah, it's... it's um. Can I find it in John Denny's book? Yeah, no, well, oh, okay. you have to owe him, too. Huh? <laughs> um, I don't know. Um, aside from the Lux Radio Theater, do you have any other theater stuff that, um, oh. I think, um... <clears throat> I came across some theater stuff that I did not download, because I should have, and uh, of course I didn't. Um... Yeah, there are a couple of more out there that look really promising, so I will find another theater show for you. Now, I did download, uh, because I, I think the um, researchers group has a theater royal, and I did load uh, OTRR set, and I did download that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, and that's worthwhile listening, by the way, if you, if you like Laurence Olivier and his, um, you know, the way he does his shows, that's that's mm -hmm. worth listening to. But I really don't know. And and by the way, I liked Rogers of the Gazette a lot. I thought that um, I thought that overall, as Walden said, it is a very underrated show. Uh -huh. I, I thought it was really great. And you know, I I likened it to uh, Frontier Gentlemen with the the folksy hometown stuff, and that wasn't it. And I came up with a better analogy or a better uh, side by side. And now it's out of my head. I'll think of it before the end of the night. But Frontier Gentleman wasn't dead. Yeah, you know, another show that I'm going to listen to, I know I talked a lot about, I have, I have an example, it's My Son Jeep. You know, I haven't either. 
Um, I've heard one episode, and it reminds me very similar to the uh, the town home doctor, and it's sort of same kind of structure as. Um, I sent you some my son Jeep. Correct. Oh, so somewhere in the stack of CDs that you've I do. me is uh, my son. I do have those, yes. And uh, and so hopefully we can find more of those out there. Because I think that I, I haven't heard them all yet, but I, I like the way that show goes. Yeah, I like, I mean, some of those, I, like I said, I, I don't think I've actually, I mean, I've heard about it, but I don't think I've actually heard, you know, any of the shows. Well, now, have you have you listened to the halls of Have you finished with Have you gone to all the halls of Ivy's yet? Yes, I like that. Yeah. I liked that. I hope, I hope that that show was as much fun for them as it seemed to be. Oh, um, I bet it was. I oh. mean, because they really seemed like they loved each. I mean, Ronald and Benita loved yeah. each other, and that that the rest of them were all kind of like a family, and I, you know. If, if it wasn't that way, it should have been. Yeah. But I don't know really how, uh, you know. I, I think it was. I think um, I, people who knew the Coleman's said in, in real life, that's how they were. Uh, Benita was the outgoing one and Ronald was more the reserve one. And it showed that I can see how they fit in the wheelhouse, you know, with Benita being the bubbling one. Uh, and it just, it, it was perfect casting. Yeah, well, she she was. I I think, in a special kind of a way, I do think she carried that show. I mean, I uh-huh. liked Coleman a lot, but I think her um, uh, her personality, I think, in some ways, is uh, to me, I think, really kind of carried it. Yeah. And um, just you know, because of the um, the kind of a person that she was. So, but they really made you think, and they were they were good stories. Oh yeah, very much so. And you know, there's so much of the, you know, so much of the the, the program these days on TV and stuff is is stuff that you don't have to think about. And you know, and I think the radio stuff tends to to really make you, you know, consider the people and consider what makes them the way they are, and you know, and be more understanding about what what you know what they have done or what they do or, or whatever. And I think that that's one thing that they, you, you don't have too much time to do in TV these days. It's, it's, yeah. no, it's no longer really character driven. And I think that's that's too bad. Most definitely is. Most definitely is. But, um, I mean, even, I mean, even, even Gunsmoke, I mean, you know, um, you know, there's so many, so many uh, points to be made and, and things that, that we just, you know, don't think about. Mm-hmm. And just little asides that uh, that Matt will make about, you know, well, this is, these, you know, this is because, you know, how would you feel if they came in and stole your, your land and burned your houses mm-hmm. and, and whatever. And Americans just didn't think about things like that. No. You know, they thought, well, we got the Indians' land, and mm-hmm. and we we took it, and good for us. Mm-hmm. And they never really considered, well, you know, there was a lot more to it than that. And so I think that, you know, I I think that was a valuable, a valuable thing that I think they couldn't help but do, uh, and be real to that time and that and place, because it was so well researched. You bet. But. Um, 
anyway, um, I think that's about everything. I will be listening, and, and hopefully we'll get some more calls for New Year's and hopefully some more cheery, um, uh, cheery conversation. Cheerier conversation, yes. And did you ever hear from, from Harwood about um, that Christmas song? Did he yes. write back to you? Or? Yeah, he, 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 he sent me an email right away. So we uh, take to you. He tracked, we, uh, I think Patricia sent him a link right. to YouTube. Right, he did, yeah. Yep. So he's, he got it in-house. Yeah, that's kind of funny that, that you know, nowadays, I mean, that, that you can do uh, with YouTube and stuff, you can do things that, you know, you just couldn't do before. That's true. It's just incredible. Yeah, well, it's it's, you know... It's a worthwhile thing to be able to do. Anyway, um, have the happiest of New Year's and and blessed New Year's. And, um, you know, I'll talk to you next week. We'll talk to you next year. Okay, yep. <laughs> talk to you then. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. 714-545-2071. Happy New Year, everybody. We're here. We're live. Patricia's drinking her coffee. She is finally getting to be bright-eyed mushy tail. Well, I'm I'm working. I've got one bright eye. Oh, hi. It's still a little behind. <laughs> Hello there. Happy New Year. I was afraid. Yeah. All going to miss it. What the New Year? Well, in North Carolina. Uh. Well. What? The Great Pickle Drop. <laughs> the what? The Pickle Drop. D R O P. Oh, draw. Pick. Pickle, pickle, P-I-C-K-L-E. Right, and what? A, and a green pickle. The pickle drop at midnight. Oh, D-R-O-P. Okay, that's yeah. what I was asking. It was the second word. I didn't... The great... Oh, okay. The great... Y'all scared death. Y'all gonna mess it. Mess with that New York thing. Oh, man, I am so sorry. There's also supposed to be um, a possum. <laughs> <laughs> a possum drop in Georgia. Yeah. Is that a... Yeah. Possum in Georgia, and you've got a pickle. Where is huh? the pickle drop <laughs> occurring? Uh, that's in Mount Olive, North Carolina. Is it really? Are, you're it not, really is. You're not joshing no, me, are you? You're, you're familiar with Mount Olive pickles. They have a huge plant down there, and well, they probably got several for all I know. But that's where it got started, and uh, it's not real old, but it's it's got to be. 15 or 20 years old, anyway, maybe longer. I'll be darned. I eat Mount Olive pickles. They're really good, and they're frequently uh, an item that my supermarket puts on for two for one. You buy one, get one free, yeah. which is really nice because I like Mount Olive pickles, but I didn't know there really was a Mount Olive. I thought it was just a name. That no, ma'am. There's definitely a Mount Olive. I think, the, I think the pickle company is the biggest thing down there, but here he is, a Mount Olive. I did not know that. Boy, you teach me something every night, Harwood. If, oh, I got more. Well, could we tell you about the fruitcake, please? Well, I wanted to thank Kurt about that. I just heard him, and I, I, I wanted to thank him about that. Uh, I got nuts for Christmas, and that was what I was looking for. Hooray for Kurt. Now, what about the fruitcake? The fruitcake is fabulous. Did you read the calorie content on this? Doesn't have any. <laughs> Didn't have any calories? Once it has been shipped, they're all gone. Oh. The only time you get the calories 
guess when you first buy it at the at the plant. Got it. And then they all leave. After it's been after it's been transported, there's none left. It's all okay. They all leak out. I got it. I got it. That's right. Uh, you can count on it. Good. Well, it's very encouraging because it, now this will give everybody an idea of how rich this thing is. It's very encouraging because it says 100 calories per serving. And, I mean, that's pretty cool, you know? Yeah, 100 calories and a pound fruit cake, that's, that's pretty good. No, 100 calories per serving. <laughs> and then you go to the next line, and it says 21 servings per bar. So, <clears throat> well, I would have to cut that. I'm sure that was a mistake. So, I think each serving has to be served with a toothpick. <laughs> it sounds like some of that see-through. Awesome cookies. That sounds like see-through fruitcake. Well, I just thought it was interesting. I'm not sure how I could cut this into 21 pieces. Very carefully. You'd have to you'd have to slice it lengthwise in three different. You know, make two cuts, so you have three pieces, and then crosswise six times so that you get seven times three and that's the way you could come out with 21 but yeah, yeah i guess you could i don't know i mean it, really it, it these would be like maybe maybe a serving is just one lick one lick that would be it, <laughs> be it. you know i took a bite out of it and i thought i just ate tonight's dinner <laughs> but it would be kind of bad if you served it for a meal with guests there Oh, my goodness, it is. It would probably upset them. They're my looking at fruitcake. <laughs> Could you put it a little closer to the counter, please? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Oh, my gosh. Have you, have you ever heard of a G-Hall Whammy Diddle? Alden? Uh-uh. I have not. Also known as a hooey stick. A hooey stick? <laughs> yep. All right, now what, tell me the first name again, please. A G. Hall. Whimmy Diddle. Whimmy Diddle, okay. Yep. Haw. Well, G and Haw, that's right and left. Whimmy Diddle, what's a Whimmy Diddle? Well, that's what it is. It's a G. Hall Whimmy Diddle because of the way it goes. You can make it go right or left. Now, the hooey, the hooey stick is the same thing. I had just never heard the name until recently. Okay. Is it made out of a pickle or something? No. I was always told that it had to be made of, out of a piece of apple wood. Okay. An apple tree. Okay. But apparently, um, it can be made out of any kind of wood, even a piece of dowel rod. Now, I haven't tried one to prove it, but... Um, that's what I understand. Okay, now, if we say this, last week we were talking about, I guess it was yesterday, last night before we signed off, I was talking about changing the meaning of a sentence just by changing the emphasis on particular words. Yeah. So, with this, we've got a jee-haw hooey stick or jee-haw hooey. You're about to get pronunciation right, I think. Say what? You're about to get emphasis on pronunciation correct down here. Oh. But if you got the words in the wrong place. I am going to be corrected. I wasn't. No, you're not. No, no, no. You're doing great. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah, you, you got to, you know, 
put some some real emphasis into things when you pronounce them, I, and then you're you're getting the hang of it. Yeah, I put my heart and soul into that. Yeah, one. right. Or my heart, anyway. All right. What it is is a stick about six inches long and roughly three eighths in diameter. Okay. And you cut notches along. You start about an inch from one end. And you cut um, about quarter-inch notches. Or well, they're about a quarter-inch apart, and notches, small notches cut down the sticks. Um, oh, about four inches. And sticks about three-eighths in diameter. <coughs> you cut another stick, another stick about a quarter-inch in diameter that is about four and a half inches long. And then you've got a quarter-inch stick about an inch and three-eighths long. And that's what it takes to make it. Oh, you need a small nail, about an inch and a quarter long, inch and nail. Well, even a headed nail would do. Anyway, that's all the parts. So you sand them and deburr the ends from where you cut them and make them smooth. And the, you, the large stick, you drill a hole in the end of it um, parallel with the length of the stick. You know, you drill it right in the end like you were drilling down the length of it. And that's roughly five-eighths deep or so. You take the inch and three-eighths stick and drill a hole across the middle of it like you were making, a, if you put a nail through it, it, like a little propeller. And it's loose on the nail when you put it through there. And you drive this into the end of the bigger stick so it's loose. I mean, the nail's in tight, but the quarter-inch piece is, is loose and will spin on that nail. Then you take the four-and-a-half-inch stick and hold it in your hand and move it up and down those notches. And you, what makes it a G-haw is you can make the propeller rotate left or right, or counterclockwise and anti-counterclockwise. I'm waiting for you to think about that one. But anyway, um, the hooey stick is identically the same thing, except the way that's done is that you're making the thing turn one way and then whoever's operating it usually stomps the floor and yells, hooey, and it'll rotate the other way. It's a toy. An old toy. Oh. I guess the main purpose of it <laughs> was, to da was to dazzle the Yankees. I guess she's trying to draw it in the sky. Patricia? It was, a, it was a what? I wonder if she disappeared. Sure looks like it. It sure looks like it. I'm sorry. Maybe she was just sitting there astounded. No, I had, oh dear, I'm, I'm not even going to explain what I did. But what I was saying was, um, I understand, <clears throat> excuse me, what you're describing. Excuse me, it's New Year's. Happy New Year, everybody. The noise is going on outside. End of sentence. I'm back here. It's a toy. How, yes. Well, you know, I mean, so... It's a very old toy, and I, I was telling Walden that I'm sure somebody thought it up to dazzle the Yankees. <laughs> you went through all of that to say 
Here you go, Yankee. No, I haven't sent you one yet. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Is it going to have an armadillo on the end of it? <laughs> well, I don't know about that. <laughs> We're through the possum routine. We're up to armadillos now. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. I don't know what they were possums yet. Oh, dear. He said, I, I sent him a thank you email for the fruitcake, Walden. Uh-huh. And I said, my gosh, you really had me going there. He said, wait till the next one. I'm working on the And that is a redneck flashlight. <laughs> Or a, or a hillbilly flashlight. It's called both, but it's the same thing. A hillbilly flashlight, okay. Yeah, or a redneck flashlight. Red they are super for finding gas leaks. <laughs> All right. But as, soon as, as soon as I can get a couple made, I will send them to you. Okay, interesting. I, I, I made them for Christmas presents years ago. <laughs> And uh, I guess I've got to get all my parts together again, and I will see that y'all both get one of those. Uh, uh -huh. And this for is this for the is this for the out is this for outdoor gas week or one for the restroom? Oh, you can use it anywhere, but oh, okay. it's it's better for like natural gas or uh -huh. okay. propane or something like okay. that. Okay. You definitely know when you find it. Uh -huh. This is true. Everybody else does too. Uh -huh. Oh, yes, they would. There's no way to stake. But, but it's, it's very useful for a lot of things. Uh-huh. There's no way to stake a quiet claim on this when you've located it. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but, but it's useful for a great deal of things. I mean, it's, 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 it's a very useful item. Okay. I'm, I'm waiting for the rest of the list. <laughs> i got to think of something else, but... Uh, I will, de I will definitely make you make your flashlights, hopefully, in the next week or two. Okay. Okay, and I'm, I'll go start looking for a gas line somewhere. Oh, you don't have to use it for that. I mean, you use it for anything to use a flashlight for. Okay. Well, if it... That was, that was just one of the... Benefits. Uh, good, for, uh, you know, purposes of it, but anything you need a flashlight for, it works. Okay. Is it an open flame? <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, you're making it. You just have to wait to get it. Oh, dear. Here we go again. Oh, Harwood. You're going to give me gray hair. Well, let me tell you something. What? Whether I'm here or not, you're going to get it. <laughs> okay. Uh, and I know. Of course, I think most of mine's turning white, but nevertheless, mm -hmm. <clears throat> it'll come to you. It'll, it'll come naturally. Yes, sir. It sure will. Just doing what comes naturally. Okay. <laughs> sir, you are a piece of work. Mm -hmm. Well, I just, I'm just trying to expand your knowledge and horizon and all that kind of stuff. And, and stuff. you know, you, you really haven't gotten a hold of a lot of the technologies of life. Well, I got a gee-haw. Gee-haw. And what was the second word? Who? What, the G-Hong yeah. or the hooey stick? The hooey. Yeah, the hooey stick. Yeah, hooey. Yeah, right. Uh, hooey. Hooey. 
Uh, you got got a, a lower on the second syllable. Ooh. Yeah, right. I got it. Yeah, you, you're doing fine with it. Doing fine. You know, sometimes I think you're just being sympathetic to me. <laughs> kind of. Well, I try to encourage you. It's okay. You tried hard tonight. Yeah, well, I try to encourage you. I, I, I'm <laughs> always, always trying to do that. It's just you seem to. Get upset over all this knowledge that you've been missing. I know. You don't really seem to realize it. But I do. That's why I'm upset. I've gone... Who else, who else do you know? I don't. That could have, <laughs> could have told you anything about Cure Cured Possum? Nobody. Now, you see, you're a whole lot smarter than they are. Yes, this is true. And I bet you there ain't going to be another soul you know that's got a redneck flashlight. Or a hillbilly flashlight, whichever. This is true. This is true. Walden, too. I know he doesn't. No, he, 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 he's the same way. So, you're learning. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm ahead of everybody. I'm doing fine. <laughs> Walden, am Probably I doing... sometime during the night, somebody will call in and tell you what it is. No, you're going to make one and send it to us. Oh, I am, but somebody will call and probably tell you what it, what, what it actually is. They're going to surprise. They're going to wreck the surprise. That's right, but you still have one. Okay. Just as soon as I get it done. <laughs> I don't think it's not going to blow up or anything, right? No, no it won't blow up. Okay. All right. Hey, Patricia, you going to Google this one up, too? No. I don't think that's well, Google. I don't know. I ain't tried that, so I don't know. I do not think it is Googleable. But she, she, but she did look for sugar cure possum on, on Google. Yeah, I know she tried that one. <laughs> yeah, and she found a listing too. Yeah, well. Yeah, and it was in a blog, so I think somebody was joshing me as much as you were joshing me. But it is up there, sugar cured possum. You have to slice it thin. Well, you can find the Jihau Huimadil on the internet, and I assure you that. <laughs> you can or cannot? You can. Oh. Yeah, you can find that. Oh, well, I'm um, to look. I'm, there, are play, there are places that make them and sell them. But, uh, Lord, I heard about those things <laughs> probably 60 years ago, so long before the Internet. Okay, so I'm, I'm really behind the times here. Yeah, right. Are you going to finish your job before I'm finished with life? <laughs> I don't know about that. But I'm, I'm, I'm doing all I can. <laughs> yes, you are. This is good. This is good. You want a question? Uh, well, huh? I, I was just going to tell you, I'd get off here and quit aggravating everybody because I'm sure people want to call in. But I, I really wanted to make sure you were aware of the pickle drop. On the pickle drop. Well, it, apparently the pickle has already dropped. because Yeah, it has. Yeah, it's 1213 here. So are you in the market for a question before you go? I'll try it. All right. Now, hold on, because I've got one here. I added one just for you. Oh, one that doesn't exist? Yeah, oh, no, it does. Who was Oh, I thought you were just going to try to do me. <laughs> no, but you know what? Oh, Walden, what a great idea. Uh -huh. I, I'm going to have to think up a question that doesn't exist yeah. for next week. I will ask you. This is good. This is good. Walden, help me to remember this. Uh, okay. I will give him three questions. Okay. And he has to tell me which one exists. That's yeah. good. Okay. For tonight, who is Egbert Gillis? The only Gillis I know was on The Life of Riley. Right. Who was Egbert? But I never knew his first name. Well, there. <laughs> whose first name? 
Gillis. All I ever heard was his last name on Riley. Edward Gillis was not Riley's friend. Well, then I don't know who he is. Aha, uh -huh, we got him. Uh -huh. Got him. Yeah. I'm well, not going to tell you. going to have to wait for somebody else. Are you going to ask him another Life of Riley's question? Mm, I might ask him another question. I don't think I have another Life of Riley. Um, Riley's... Now, are you, are you asking who played Gillis or who, who, what he was on? What character? Oh, no, who what? was Egbert Gillis? What, char what character was he? Well, like I said, Gillis, I'm going to rise on when I need, so if that ain't it, I don't have a clue. Okay, well, Riley's friend, Gillis, was Jim Gillis. His name was Jim, so this is... I thought that um, the same guy that played Digby O'Dell played him. That is correct. Mm -hmm. that is and on um, my friend Irma, he was... Her boyfriend. That's right. Her, her boyfriend, Al, and it was... Yes. John Brown. John Brown. Yes. Uh-huh. But I'm asking about the character, Egbert Gillis. Yeah, well, I don't know that one. Oh, so I just wanted to clarify that. This was not the yeah. actor. This uh, I don't know it. Okay. I'll admit it. Oh, oh boy. Oh, Walden, I've never gotten him before. I know. You, you should be what dancing. I, what have I got here? What have I got here? All right, we do have another Riley question. You're right, because yeah. I asked you to help me with this one. Mm -hmm. um, who, which show featured, oh, see, I gave it away now. Oh, I'm, I'm going to have to knock it out. How about, no, well, ask it this way. In Life of Riley, who is, who is Riley's boss? Uh, that one will not come to me. Did I save the question, Patricia? Well, you saved it, but I already gave it away, so somebody wasn't listening. How about... Uh, surely you're not talking about Avery Gillis. Very <laughs> <laughs> good, no. <laughs> that was good. No, it's not Egbert we're talking about. Well, then I don't know who his spouse was. Pulled the bunny out of the hat and rescued me, Walden. Uh-huh. Oh, gee, only you could pull that off. Well... All right, let me see what we... And, and Georgia... They are. They both. They had the uh, possum uh, dropping. In what, Georgia, right? Yeah. Well, what's the name of What's the name of the possum that they? Uh, oh, Gene Willikers. Yeah. Hold on. It was really a stupid name. I know. Um, you know, something stupid like Willie. Uh -uh. I can't remember. <laughs> well, let that one out for the audience. Do they know? Who it's just, I, I saw it on the news this week. It's a, a, a very true possum. It really is. My sister sent a note or, or told me on the phone that uh, about this, the possum drop. But I, I, oh, man, and she told me the name, too. Mm -hmm. And it really is a stupid name for a possum. You know, it's like Albert or Willie or something like that. Now, how do you know that's a stupid name for a possum? <laughs> how, how many possums do you know? Well, I think every possum name is a stupid name for a possum. I mean, who names possums? Oh, forgive well, me. Why not? I'm sorry, Harwood. I'm well, I mean, didn't say name that. Cars and dogs and cats. And uh -huh. what's, what's different about a possum? Well, if you don't know, nothing I tell you is going to help. Well, everything deserves a name, I guess. Okay, a name. All right, well, I know that. So that might be, whatever that possum's name is, it might be like Smith. You know, 
as many possums by that name as there are people named Smith. It better not be named Smith. Tell him, Holden, tell him. Well, I'll give a big clue to everybody. It's, he's named after a famous movie star. Faye Dunaway. I don't know. <laughs> named after a movie star. Uh-huh. Of the 1930s. One of the ones that won back-to-back Oscars in 1937 and 38. A movie star. I, I can't remember. Well, the possums... It wasn't Willie, that's for sure. <laughs> Spencer. Spencer? Spencer. 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 Am I saying this correctly? You are. Okay, Spencer. Uh-huh. Who in the world would name a possum Spencer? <laughs> now, see, wasn't that a stupid name for a possum? No, I guess not. I agree with, I agree with you. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. When Horwood agrees with Even you. if there is a bunch of possums named Spencer. <laughs> There's a whole Spencer family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably came over on the Mayflower. <laughs> and they all have teeth and pointy tails. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. All right, let me see here. we got to get you another question. <laughs> oh, heavens to Betsy. Spencer the possum. I mean, it's not even... Oh, not possum. Uh, what, what are we dropping here? <laughs> It's a possum. No, it's not a possum. It's Norm. What are we dropping? Yeah, Spencer went down. Yeah, what, what, what is Spencer? He's not, an, he's not a possum. He's a possum. It is a possum. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Spencer. All right. <laughs> Spencer the possum. I mean, you'd think about Pete the possum or something like yeah. that. But Spencer? <laughs> I don't know. His mother. Later, is, later, you're going to tell me. And, and by, by the way, he's. By the way, he was stuffed because he got he got run over by a car, so they stuffed him and named it Spencer. Oh, that's right. She yep. said that uh, he was roadkill. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that reminds me, i got to bring up something else to you, but we'll finish this. Okay. Sooner or later, you're going to tell me that in proper spelling and pronunciation, there is an O in front of possum. Mm-hmm. The only reason there is is people that didn't ever know no better. It didn't come from the south. There ain't no O in front of a possum. Well, not in in the south there isn't, which is why well, O is dropped and replaced with a little quotation mark, you know, just like a, yeah, well, a little apostrophe. Yeah, well, didn't know better. It's an apostrophe. It, it, it is an O-possum. O-possum. See? Oh, not, not really. They just, the people who did that didn't know how to spell. O-possum. <laughs> a little bit of spirit here. Okay, you're just trying to avoid the inevitable here. Here's another question for you. Okay. I just love this. Two out of two. Um, detectives Philip Marlowe and Sam Spade operated in the same state. Where? Uh, California. Oh, wow. Very good. Do you know which city each one was in? One was in San Francisco, I think. And the other one... Mm-hmm. No, that won't come to me. Who was in? I want, I want to say Los Angeles. But All right, I, you got I, it. That is correct. It was nothing was, but a wild guess because I did not who? really know that. Yep. One was in Los Angeles, one was in San Francisco. Who was the one in San Francisco? 50 50. I thought it was Philip Marlowe. 
That's correct. No, it isn't. Uh, go the other oh, way. it was Sam Spade. Okay. Sam Spade is in San Francisco. All the S's. This is a good way to remember it. Sam, San Francisco. Okay. I, I just noticed that. That's a good trick. Uh-huh. All right. I can deal with that. One out of right, three. Well, oh, man, this is so good. This is so good. What do you want? I've got an envelope started for you. Um, can we get money in any of them? <laughs> You silly. <laughs> no. Uh, right now, I really don't know. I just have, I've, I've got to think about it. I haven't all been doing that. Things have been too hectic. They just put me down another IOU. An IOU. The possum caper. Okay. Now, the last thing I'm going to bring up. Yes. You were not enthused about Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Not enthused is a very polite Okay. <laughs> if I can find it, I've got a CD here that I'm going to try to copy. Uh-huh. Dear. I figure out how and send it to you. Oh, dear. I don't know who the guy is that's doing it, but he's got a better one on there by Grandma. And that one is titled, Grandma Ran Over Santa's Reindeer. <laughs> Little role reversal here, okay? Yeah, because she got mad when they ran over her. I thought they killed her. Not this one. She got even. She got even. All right. I can't wait. <laughs> oh, this one's good. I didn't think much of the song either, but this one's good. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Okay. We went and, and can you imagine, folks? We uh, last weekend Patricia and I looked up on the website. The guy's a veterinarian. Doctor Elmo is a veterinarian for crying out loud. Really is a doctor, or I mean, he earned a doctorate anyway. Yeah. But can you can you imagine? Well, at at least he didn't kill the reindeer. So in that respect, he's in keeping with his veterinarian experience. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Maybe. Maybe. Really going to do this? Well, Grandma ran over him with her car. Okay. Yeah, she she hid behind a billboard and waited for him to land. Yeah, what happens to people at Christmas time? Huh? What happens to people at Christmas time that they do things like this? Well, I thought it pretty funny myself. And several of the others we had, too, were really good. Well, you were, you were going to send me sugar-cured possum to eat, too. Oh. Uh, you done got all that you're going to get. <laughs> okay. I'm not prepared for this, but okay. I just, I got to find it, CD. It's in a bunch, and then I got to figure out how to copy it. Okay. But see, I ain't never done that. Don't hurry. <laughs> yeah, I want to, and I, I hate sending it out of season, but I hate to wait till next Christmas either, but... Like I said, I gotta find it. Don't don't hurry. Well, y'all don't like, hurry back now, you? Like Cause I've told you that before, and I was right. What? That you'll like it. Yeah, that's true. I told you uh -huh. that about the possum. Yeah, that's true. Uh huh. You said I'd love you it. You wouldn't listen. Uh huh. Well, you told me I didn't have to call the sheriff anyway. I told you you'd like it. And don't put it you in the... Stop worrying about it. And you didn't listen. Don't put... Yeah, what? You know, why should I trust you? You told me you were going to send a possum. And then you were going to tell me I loved what... Well, actually, it wasn't exactly like that. I just mentioned, how would you like to have sugar-cured possum? 
and I was going to send you a gift. And you got a month's worth of exercise by jumping to a conclusion. Walden, didn't you think that's what he was talking about? Most likely, yes. Not most likely. You did. I did. You did. I did. Now, fess up. So you were both jumping to conclusions. No, we walked. <laughs> we got there. Yeah, a lot of people get their exercise jumping to conclusions and flying off the handle and things like that. Okay. So you just need to be careful. Now we're going to get a dead reindeer on the CD. <laughs> Wait, it's going to be so good. <laughs> well, it might be smoked reindeer or something, but... <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. No, 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 no. I thought of that. No, 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 no. Oh, well. <clears throat> I'm going to try to find that thing, but I will I will send y'all, send both of you a flashlight. All right. Okay. And, you know, really... You can set it up and use it like LED flashlights with multiple bulbs in it. I hadn't thought of that before, but you can. You're going to light the way for us. Oh, yeah. I've seen the light. Mm -hmm. You will. Okay. Y'all have fun. Uh, Happy New Year. <laughs> you too. I hope it's a better one for you. You've sure finished up a rough one. Yes, ma'am. I hope we can do better this time. Hey, we'll talk to you soon. See y'all later. All right. Bye. 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 You too. Be good? Yeah. No, 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 no. We took our Christmas tree lights out down and gave it to the neighbors. We're looking for new Christmas tree lights next year. So, anybody have some ideas on Christmas tree lights? We are open for business. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. I bet you. Carolyn. John in Maryland. Ah, uh, hello, John. How are you? I'm sleepy right now. I know you are. This is late. I know. I should have been in bed an hour ago. <laughs> and what happened? Your callers are, your callers are talkative tonight. Ah, uh, okay. Well, we'll have to we'll have to open up different lines. Well, then you're just going to have to get extra phone. Actually, when we go to Skype, we'll be able to do that. Okay, we're gonna ha we're gonna be able to take more calls. Yeah, well, you know, maybe um, maybe shorter calls during I don't know. Well, no, I think if we go for Skype, then we we can take m multiple calls. Oh, that's at the same time. That would be the neat. That'd be the night. Great. We'll have eighteen people. <laughs> I have a hard time with that. Hi, John. How you doing? <laughs> Happy New Year. Egbert oh, Gillis was my boy, eight boy. Oh, you're right. To say my boy, eight boy. You're so good. He had a Brooklyn accent, but I understand he was born in England. You know, he, John Brown, you're absolutely right. He was born in England. Oh, How did you know that? I, I don't know. <laughs> John knows everything. I guess. Yes, he, he was. He was born in England. His, was it Riley's boss named Moynihan? No. No, I was wrong on that. There was a Moynihan. It might have been his wife's ex-boyfriend. Mr. Moynihan. Oh, wait a minute. Who who had... Not Moynihan. Mr. Oh, gee, you're, you're tickling my brain. But the, it was not in... Um, <clears throat> excuse me. That wasn't in the life of Riley. It wasn't? It, it wasn't Moynihan. It was something like Moynihan. Mr. Oh, oh see, now... I'm going to stay awake over this, John. 
I thought it was. Maybe I was wrong. Well, we'll just keep that one in the green. Yeah. We'll keep that one in the green. So, anyhow, we've got all sorts of new shows to dispense. Is there one, before I get to some suggestions, is there one that jumps out? Kate Smith. Kate Smith. Kate Smith. Yeah. Ah, and I don't think I have any. Collins. Pardon? Ed Collins and Kate, Kate Smith. Ted Collins, Kate Smith. There's a few of them out there. I know, Patricia, maybe you can get, put them on that God, give them that God Bless America, the one we've, the, the 1938 recording. Yeah, I can do that. There might be some Kate Smith shows out there. Not very many, There's though. not that many, yeah. No, it's um, really hard to come by. I do have the one where she introduced, <clears throat> excuse me, I got the frogs tonight, um, where she introduced God Bless America. Well, we just don't, yeah, we should, I, I, I trying to wake up. I on that, remember? I, I was, Walden and you were talking at the same time. Would you say that again, please? I sent you an email with her singing God Bless America. Yes, yes. And what you sent, um, and there, there's a problem with the information that goes along with it because it, the song was introduced in, what was it, 1938, Walden? Yes, Walden, 38. 1938, but the movie that is playing in the background was from 1940. So somebody yep. took... Somebody married, somebody took a, a recording of Kate Smith singing and then put it in front of a backdrop. But she didn't introduce the song in 1940, it was 1938. Right, they, they, they mixed it together. Yes, they did. They, they did a great job of mixing. Because I, uh, I remember the movie very, very well. I didn't see it on television, I saw it. <laughs> In the movies. <laughs> yeah, and, but uh, I guess what I was saying is that the information that was circulating along with the little film clip was that she introduced it in 1940, and here is the introduction. And it wasn't. I mean, obviously, it was Kate Smith singing in 1940, but it wasn't the introduction because it was two years after it, the song had been introduced. Right. But and, um, really good stuff. So I'll, I will look around. If I can't... What am I looking for? Um, You're looking for the Kate I, Smith show. Kate Smith music. Well, then I'm having an awful time hearing you tonight. I, I, did you put your mic on the other side of the room? Uh, no. Oh, but Walden was. <laughs> well, you know what I think it happened? I think my mic was disconnected from the cord. So when you said that, then I had to pop it back in. That'll do it. Now I can hear you. I wonder why. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> okay. What, um, are you interested in anything sung by Kate Smith? Oh, sure. Okay, Kate Smith music I can do. I've got a, a handful of that, and I can dig up some more. Okay, I can do that. She was great. I love listening to Kate Smith. So do I. <laughs> In fact, I think of a Kate Smith interview that she did with Chuck Sainer on his website, so I don't know. And uh, eventually... It's downloadable. Okay, because I know Larry's able to get them now. He is. Yeah, so maybe, I think, and he got it, and I have it, so maybe you want to drop a note to Larry and get the Kate Smith interview. Oh, great. Okay, maybe you could um, toss uh -huh. it up on Dropbox. Uh-huh. Um, the, the Chuck Shaden, you need a special piece of equipment that, or a special program, and then you can transfer. Yeah, Larry got it, so he's been MP2 able to. to an MP3, and yeah. I can't do that. Okay, so we have been getting them for us, so. Good old Larry. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I'm going to put him on the payroll. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to be on your payroll. Uh-huh. So, well. 
Did you hear that, John? Walden will find one for you and interview with Kate Smith, which would be wonderful. And I do have... If anybody can, he can. I know, I know. He's got a nose like a ferret. Um, Not a bloodhound? A bloodhound, that too. A coonhound. A coonhound is just as good as a bloodhound, only they're a little bit smaller, so they can sit in smaller places, (laughs) as Dusty Rogers found out. Um, I have a really nice, if there is such a word, as nice obituary that was done in the New York Times that is truly a biography of her life. It's a very long obituary article, and I'd be happy to email that to you. That would apply. She was born in Rocky Mount, is that correct? I think somewhere in... uh... Same as Kate Kaiser. Yeah. That's right, Kate Kaiser. That, that would be right. I know that she died in, I think it was Lake Placid, New York, and spent a good portion of her life in New York, but I didn't recall where she had been born. So you two are good. You're educating me tonight. Yeah. Oh. I, I think I told you that once before because my mother had a rumor that she was born in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, and that's how I knew it during the war. Right. Um, that's how I knew she was born in Rocky Mountain. Hey, you are, you, this is my Educate Patricia night. Yeah, I remember we had uh, Kate Kaiser's daughter on a few years ago. She was uh, very good. She was very, very good. That was another good one that's gone, you know. Absolutely. Ones I wrote, all the ones I remember are all gone. Yeah. Only a few left. Just a few, yeah. Eventually they do. All right, uh, did you hear my question in my theme for tonight? I wanted to know for New Year's Eve what you did when you were growing up, when when New Year's Eve rolled around, what did you and your friends do on New Year's Eve, and did you ever spend New Year's Eve somewhere else, like Times Square in New York City or in a different country, and did you ever make a New Year's resolution? How's that for a mouthful? I never made a New Year's resolution. Never once did I make one. Tell me why. I don't know. I just never made one. Or any. I don't know why. I just never did. Okay. Well, you're going to have to think about that one. Um, I, I know bet you met more I people. Never did, I, 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 met, I, I bet more people don't. Don't make resolutions? Uh-huh. Don't make resolutions. Oh, that's Most true. people that make New Year's resolutions are people probably that are overweight, probably ones that smoke, and probably ones that drink. Mm-hmm. Never hear, I'm going to make a New Year's resolution to be, you know, grateful for the country that I live in and things like that. Right. You know? Uh-huh. Right. Something that gives a, something that gives a message. Mm-hmm. The top five I, uh, New Year's resolutions that people make, and you're right on target, quit smoking, lose weight, quit drinking, spend more time with family, and pay off debts. Yeah. And none of them ever happen, of course. <laughs> and that's why most people who don't make resolutions don't make resolutions because they don't keep them. Well, I never had any of those problems, so I don't drink, I don't smoke. And <laughs> All right, so you didn't have anything to give up. I never had fireworks or anything. Uh-huh. 
would just they would just bang on pots and pans, and then we'd go back to bed. And then go back to bed. <laughs> that that was fun. Did your family ever host parties? Did you have New Year's Eve parties at your house? No, we never. We never. My mother, my mother, father never uh, did anything like that. Did you bang pots and pans yourself? Yeah, mm -hmm. take a yeah. wooden spoon and a pan and bang on it. And Sounds good. Back to bed. <laughs> and then go back to bed. Not very exciting, right? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> it's, at least you observed that you were awake. There are an awful lot of people who couldn't stay awake for midnight. Yeah, right now I'm already awake. <laughs> <laughs> we're really keeping you up tonight, but... That means you were up in order, to, in, in, at least in time, to welcome the new year, because you're on the East Coast. Right. I tried to get you, but somebody was faster with the telephone than I was. I couldn't get, a, couldn't get on stage. I know. Dan beat everybody to the punch tonight. This, this is like the shows that have, if you're the 17th caller, you can win the CD type stuff. <laughs> and people sit with their finger on the button to hit dial, you know, on the, on the last button. Mm -hmm. And they say, one, two, three, and they go through this routine and they hit what they think should be about number 17 and they push it and they forget that there's a 10 second delay and the guy who won the CD has been off the phone for 10 minutes. <laughs> right, yeah. Well, your, your, your program's delayed, isn't it? Uh, you, you get about a 10 second delay because of the broadcasting quirks on the internet and uh, iTunes and Live 365. So. So they're, they're five to ten seconds. But we, I don't have a feature to do a, a, a live cutoff kind of thing. If somebody says a bad word, it go, it's going to get out. Oh, you know, yeah. I don't have... Well, I turn, my, I turn mine off. I don't have it on now. See? You're, you're a good man. Well, when you hang up, if you immediately turn on the sound, you're going to hear the last part of your conversation with us. Oh, okay. I'll do that. And then you'll know... How much of a there is? I'm ready to jump in bed right now. <laughs> <laughs> Go bang a pot and a pan. <laughs> you have to bang a pot and a pan first. Yeah. Well, well it was so good to hear did. from you. I'm so glad that you stayed up late enough for us to say Happy New Year. How about that, John? Well, I'm so glad that you two uh, do this show because it means you don't know what it means to me. Oh, that's so Thank you. It means an awful lot to us to have you and the others out there. Absolutely. I mean, just think what Patricia would be doing on a Saturday night if she didn't have us. What would Patricia be doing on a Saturday night? Probably reading a book. Reading a book yeah. or watching NCIS if they finally put one back on. <laughs> um, or falling asleep when I don't want to as I did earlier. Oh, dear. That was terrible. Well, I think you finally trying to put this stuff together. You see? No, my I'm starting to perk up a little. Yeah, two hours in the show, and you're starting to get cold. I want to tell you, I fell asleep tonight, John, which I I can't say I never do. Obviously, it's just a rare event. <laughs> I just punk fell asleep for about an hour, and it takes me so long to wake up. That's why I never take a nap. And uh, so it, it was like I had to wake up a second time today. So I've, I've been a little slow until now. Well, now I doze off every day so for, for, for a little while, but that's probably with old age, I guess. Well, if, it, if it energizes your batteries, that's the thing to do. Yes. Uh, yeah. My batteries get sapped when I take a nap. 
Wow. You're still young yet, though, so you... Maybe you can improve on that. <laughs> There's room to improve people. Oh, my gosh. Harwood is going to teach me how to be Southern before I die, and, and I have lots of room for improvement, according to John. This is good. This is good. I'm going to live forever. Oh, I used to say that, too. <laughs> We're not going to do it. None of us gets out of this thing. We're having really bright conversations tonight. Well, well, well we've been oh, we've been sleep walking for the first two hours of the show. Oh, not... well, I was. You were <laughs> you were awake. I know I was. Yeah. It's as long as I could last night listening to your interview. Wasn't that good? Yeah, and I had, to, I had to cut you off, and I had to, I had to go to bed. Ah, uh, well, I, and I Stuart Keen was so good. Wait, I enjoyed Doris Day too. See, that was That's good. Great. Yep. That was good. That was really, that and, was really uh, nice. I enjoyed that. And we're, we're going to have Stuart Keenan back on a future Saturday night, and we'll have him earlier in the evening. That way, people can tune in. Yeah, that's... Because I had, I had some questions that I wanted to ask him, you know, and, you know but I, I just couldn't, so... Uh, what would, what, would you have asked him if you had an opportunity? Well, I was going to ask him about the Stradivarius violin. Uh-huh. I was going to ask him, why did the Stradivarius violin sound so good? And I did a little research on it, and uh, back in that time period where they were back where they were carving those violins, it was called the Little Ice Age. It wasn't the Big Ice Age, but it was the climate drastically changed in Europe. Uh-huh. And, and it got colder, and the trees, the rings in the trees were... were Instead of expanding for the year, you know, the, the growth rings, right. they were constricted due to the cold weather, and they were tighter together. And then when they carved those violins, the wood uh, was a better quality wood than it would be if it was a warmer climate. Would have been much harder, a harder wood. Yeah, that's where it got its... Uh, the fibers were compressed. How interesting. Oh, see... But on the... Um, I think it was the History Channel. Uh-huh. I think they had an article in there about the little, what they call the Little Ice Age. The Little Ice Age. Yeah. So the fibers in the trees were actually compressed instead of allowed to expand and grow. They were pushed right. because freezing Together. would, would ex- exceed, what am I trying to say? There's a word I just lost. Um, they they would create a pressure from the outside and squash everything together. Exert, that's it. Okay. I thought it was cute that he's, okay. play, he's playing to Patrick. He doesn't play the violin, he plays the fiddle. He plays the fiddle, yeah. Well, there is a difference. You know, fiddlers, usually a country western band will have a fiddler. Uh-huh. A, a country western band will have a fiddler rather than a violinist. Right. Well, according to Stuart... You have a fiddle, not a, not a violin. But I had spent a little bit of time at the Stradivarius website, and they most assuredly differentiate between a fiddle and a violin, but I think it's because they're kind of stuck up, you know? <laughs> it, it's, you know, a hot dog is a hot dog. It, it isn't a frankfurter, and it isn't a beef sausage. It's a hot dog, you know? That kind of stuff. <laughs> I, think I think they're kind of stuck up. You were asking me about different types of music 
uh, the way they have music today, and I think the music today, uh, you have all these, what you call rock stars, and all they do is strum a chord and sing. None mm -hmm. of them play. I, I used to play the guitar years ago. I took lessons. Uh-huh. And I would, I would particularly watch movies where somebody was playing the guitar. Like Elvis Presley, he couldn't play worth a turn. <laughs> and um, Buck, Buck, William Buckhead, something that used to be on a Hee Haw show, he, he couldn't play worth a turn either. Uh -huh. He couldn't make key changes. I would watch for those things. And they, they didn't do those, so I knew they couldn't play. Well, they're not asking her, uh, you know, those guys leave. What? Yeah, there was a movie out, uh, John Garfield. Uh-huh. Back in the 40s called Humoresque. Yes. Where he played, he played a concert violinist. Correct. And I was watching, he couldn't play, but the fingering on that movie was amazing. You know, usually they'll... They won't show you a back-off shot where you actually see them fingering the board. Right. But that movie they did, he was remarkable. I was watching that, and he couldn't play one note of music. It was just remarkable how he did that. I think I remember hearing Steve Allen say when he played Benny Goodman in the Benny Goodman story, you know, he didn't play a clarinet. You know, they plugged it, so he just worked on the fingering part and had somebody else play the clarinet parts, you know. Yes, Steve Allen. Steve Allen never took a piano lesson either. No. He played entirely by ear. That's right. Definitely a talented guy. <laughs> Ask me what I play. Stuff. <laughs> Patricia. Yes, Walden. What do you play? Nothing. Plays the radio, right? Yeah. Well, that's good. Yes, I play the radio. <laughs> yes. When I was growing up, I wanted so desperately to learn the piano. I wanted so desperately to do that. And of course, you know, as with so many other families, there was no money with four kids in the family and, you know, limited income. You don't have money to send kids for piano lessons. So <clears throat> that was, if I had anything to do over or differently, finding a way to put piano in my life would be it. But I never could. Got a lot of other... I already told you about my grandson that, mm -hmm. that won the gold medal for the University of Miami. Right. Yes. Barber Chop Quartets. Uh-huh. Great fun. Paul Bragg the other day was talking about a barbershop quartet around his area called the Gasman Quartet. Uh-huh. I'm going to ask my grandson if he knows him because he lived in um, Dallas, Fort Worth for about uh -huh. a year after he got out of college. And he was into the barbershop down there. I was going to ask him if he knew them. Well, John and Larry they've been in the barbershop scene since 1973. You know, they got, they got the show on Saturday afternoon at 3 o'clock, and I went to the Christmas show. I I mean, and I went to, when I went to the Christmas show, I never mm -hmm. thought of or realized that there are female barbershop singers. Yeah, the, the Sweet Adelines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have one here in, in Maryland called the Chorus of the Chesapeake. And they have a, a group called the Sweet Adelines where the ladies have their barbershop. Uh, I knew that. Like the, cor like the cordettes with Arthur Godfrey. Yeah. I knew that. You knew that, huh? I knew about the Sweet Adelines, yeah. Oh, I'm so proud of myself. I knew something tonight. <laughs> That's one. 
I'll see if I can do two before the end well, of the Well, now, we, Patricia was going to ask a, a New Year's Eve question last night. She started at 4 in the morning, and I thought she was going to kill you over the day, but I think John can answer the question. What type of music? What type of music do you like? Uh, well, last night, because it was related, uh, because we had time with Stuart Kanan, my question last night was, what is the your favorite genre of music? Well, I used to sing in choruses years ago, uh, choral music, and I used, we used to sing the Messiah every year. Ah. With the Baltimore Symphony Orchestra. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I used, to, I used to sing with them. It's called the Baltimore Angel Choir. I used to sing with them. And I sang with the United Singers of Baltimore. And then I sang with uh, Aryan Menachor. The Aryan, not being confused with Aryan race. The Aryan is the goddess of poetry. Huh. And uh, there was a little confusion there because we sang in German. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> Oh dear! <laughs> yes, I could I could understand where there might be some sensitivities that that came out, even though it wasn't well deserved. We had always explained that the goddess of poetry or the god of poetry, I forget. But uh, it wasn't meant to be a you know a racial remark. Oh no! I didn't know that. We sang. We sang everything in German. So. <laughs> hmm. Well, I have some new stuff. Tonight, and I know you want Kate Smith, but I'm uh, music is the only thing I'll be able to come up with uh, most likely for Kate Smith. But uh, for for newbies, I've got Mr. and Mrs. North. I've got a really big collection now of my friend Irma. I've got Big John and Sparky. People were asking for Big John and Sparky, and now that I've got them, nobody wants them. <laughs> and I'm, what is what is that? I don't understand. Big John and Sparky. What is that? It's a kids show. And it ran for, it, it's a 15-minute show, but, of course, you get 10 to 11 minutes in the show itself. And Sparky was, Big John was the person. Sparky was his, what, animated or imaginary yep, yep. little friend? And they said, uh, he called him an elf. An elf, yes. Mm -hmm. Sparky was an elf. And Yuki was a dog? Uh -huh. Yuki a dog? Yep. So it was a kid's show. And the theme for it was the teddy bear's picnic. And people remember it from when they were kids, and a couple of them had asked for it. And I had an awful time finding just a couple of shows last year, and now a whole bunch of them have emerged. And I've, I've got a bunch of them in my file, so for people who want um, Big John and Sparky. And I found some new Edward R. Murrows. Edward R. Murrow? Uh-huh. Yeah, but you said this is London? This is London. That is correct. We used to listen to him on a short wave. Uh-huh, oh, you man. would have, sure. Well, these are all different dates, but they're new for my files. Yeah, we had an old Zenith. Walden probably knows what I'm talking about. It was a uh, console Zenith. Yes. With the lightning bolt in the middle of the dial. Yep. And it had a short wave band on there. And if you went up on the roof and you could string out, all the radios in them days had a uh, big, huge amount of aerial wire. You can run it up like the side of your house, and if you put it up in the roof, and you put it on a shortwave band, and it and you, you wait till late in the evening, because it would be morning overseas, and you could pick up uh, uh, Edward R. Murrow in London. Wow! Yeah. Oh, am I impressed? Yeah. Where were you living when your radios did this for you? 
in Baltimore County. We lived in the county. We didn't live in the city. We lived in the Still Baltimore. in Maryland. Okay. See, Baltimore City is the only city in the United States that's not located in a county. It's independent like Washington, D.C. Well, for goodness sakes, I did not know that. Would you say the name of the city again, please? Pronounce it? Baltimore. Baltimore. You keep the T in it. Okay. Every once in a while, I'll come across someone who says, you're saying it wrong. It's Baltimore. Have you ever heard people pronounce it that way? Baltimore? I can tell you. Baltimore. Baltimore, Maryland. It has a T in it, but once in a while, I'll get somebody who tells me I'm mispronouncing it because I put the T in it, and they pronounce it Baltimore. I don't know how you get Baltimore out of Baltimore, but they did. Well, they, they slur a lot of uh, a lot of the words, uh, you know, syllables, and they slur it together. Uh huh. They'll make one they'll make one word out of two. Right. Right. Not word, you know. They'll slur it together. I bet. I bet if we go by people from different parts of the region to the country, we will run into a lot of that. Oh sure. You know. Oh sure. Yeah. But the people who who told me so emphatically that I was mispronouncing it didn't come from Baltimore. So. <laughs> Oh, that was kind of interesting. They were from Virginia. Uh-huh. And they were telling me how to pronounce Baltimore. And I know there's a T in there. I just know it in my heart. And, uh, he was uh, Lord Calvert was the first Lord Baltimore. Uh-huh. He was the first Lord Baltimore. He was granted uh, property uh-huh. in the state of Maryland by, uh, what was her name? Queen uh, Marietta. Uh, I can't remember who was the queen at the time. That's, that's why our name is Maryland. It's named after Queen Mary. It would have been Queen Mary. Uh, it was Queen Marietta, something like that. But that's why we got the name Maryland. And uh, Calvert was the, the Calvert family. The, he was the first Lord Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so you've got royal roots. So what's Baltimore anyway? Was it what was it that named after? Lord Baltimore. Lord okay. Baltimore. Got it. Okay. Over over in England, you can find places called Baltimore. No kidding. Okay. I bet they pronounce an e over there too. Huh. You're correct. Yeah, they they use the Oxford English. Uh huh. Where, where we don't. Uh huh. It would be Baltimore. Let's do Baltimore. Baltimore. So you are not not out there partying and drinking and blowing whistles and jumping up and down and screaming tonight. I can tell. (laughs) (laughs) My wife went to bed about 10 (laughs) (laughs) o'clock. So much for the celebrations. You'll have to ring in the new year tomorrow when both of you are wide awake. Yeah, hopefully. (laughs) Well, I'll let you go because I'm really ready to go to bed. (laughs) Okay, John. Thank you so much for calling, and Happy New Year. I hope it's a helpful and happy one for you. All right. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. 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 All right. About 30 seconds to go before it's the new year in the central time zone. Look, we're hitting this hot and heavy tonight. Yes, we are. We're like... Patricia is awake. We're like Santa crossing the time zone. Hello there. Happy New Year. Yeah, Happy New Year, Walden. Hello, Ralph. Ralph has... How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Well, Tony says I'm adequate. <laughs> Ralph, bang, Happy New Year in Central Time Zone. 
You have two years to go. Uh, two years. Two hours to go. Two hours, yeah. How you doing? Well, all good. We always know when it's midnight because uh, we have a crazy neighbor that throws, uh, uh, like, spray paint cans into the fire and they explode. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> I hope far away. No, he's just up the street. He's done it every year. I don't know. No, I mean far away from the fire. The problem with that is that you've got, it, it's a shrapnel. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, that's just plain dumb. Doesn't make sense to me, but... <laughs> When they explode, well, then the cans explode into pieces. So it's metal shrapnel that explodes. And if you're in the way, you get it. Well, almost sounds like it could be if he's using a fireplace. Could, in a way, that backfired on him, maybe start a house fire? Well, uh, they have a big bonfire outside, and they throw these things in. Oh, great. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? Everybody's got their own thing. <laughs> yeah. Be whiz. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Not for me. Not for me. So yeah. what are you doing tonight to celebrate the new year or to ring it in? Oh, we had a very exciting time. We uh, we watched the uh, Times Square. Did you? Nine o'clock. And uh, that was about, that's going to be it. <laughs> Did you ever go, were you ever in Times Square on New Year's Eve? Oh, yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. Oh, God, it was so long ago, Patricia. I was, it was before the picture. I, I was a teenager. It was before I went in the service. And... It, it was before we were born, Patricia. Yeah, but it was before the pickpockets and the guns and all the bad... No, 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 no. The, the, I don't want It started... That started a long time ago, <laughs> before I was ever born. What did? No, I'm, I'm saying... Pickpockets and guns... Yeah, I'm saying in Times Square, it was safer in Times Square than it is today. Right? Yeah, when I was a kid, yeah. But, you know, it went through uh, quite a transition uh, and became really a bad place to be. And when so Mayor Giuliani came along and he straightened it out from what I understand. When did it become a bad area? I mean, Hollywood became a bad area in the 60s. When did Times Square become a bad yeah, area? Yeah, uh, let's see. Well... I was back there uh, in the uh, in the 70s mm -hmm. on business, and uh, you didn't want to walk down. No. Uh, wow. Well, you had 42nd Street mm -hmm. and Broadway, not too far away, but down, um, or is it like Columbus Circle? You were really in the red light district in that area. <clears throat> yeah, you, you know, you couldn't walk down the... No. Couldn't walk down the street without being approached by someone for something. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But when you were, and when you celebrated New Year's in Times Square, it, it a safer place then than it is now to be. I, I don't know. You know, when we were kids, we didn't worry about anything. I, I don't think there was much danger there. Yeah. So what did you do after the ball dropped and everybody was saying Happy New Year, Happy New Year? What did you do then? Uh, no, we just did the New Year thing and we got back on the subway on home. <laughs> <laughs> Made a night of it, didn't you? We, we, were, too, we were too young to drink. Uh-huh. And we didn't have anybody to kiss, so it was just uh, go home. Uh, 
<laughs> oh, now I'm feeling sad. Did you? No, it was good. It was, you know, something I won't forget. Yeah. Did you ever in your whole life make a New Year's resolution? Uh, I don't think so. Did Tony? Mm. Did you make any resolutions, Tony? Oh, yeah. Yes, try and be nice. Oh, yeah, you hear that? No. She said she made a resolution that she was going to try and be nicer to me. Aww. Yeah. That was this it, year. What did she do last year? <laughs> she didn't keep the resolution. <laughs> this is try, try again, huh? <laughs> yeah, maybe she could work on it. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. Would you tell Walden, please, I explained to him a little bit, but would you tell Walden, please, what you expect from the General Mills Investors Club of America routine? Yeah, we got to get some dividends. I, I'm all for that. So what, do you want money dividend, or should I get the man a box of uh, cereal? Oh, get out. Box of cereal would be all right. <laughs> cereal? you got to be kidding me. I want the shekels. Yeah, you can get. It'd be nice if they sent us a big check on it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what, what we could do, actually, I could call General Mill and uh, have them send us a 10K report, so Patricia and I can go over on the uh, over on the air one night with the family. This is what General Mill makes. See, they got Jack Armstrong with it as an asset. Yeah. You can there you go. Give them some free advertising. There you Maybe go. They'll come yeah. There you go. Did you? Did, uh, I was watching that thing at Times Square tonight. Yeah. And uh, oh, there were hundreds of people that had these hats on that said Nivea was an advertisement. Nivea? Nivea and IV. The cosmetic company? Yeah. Oh, that's. And I said to Tony, "What a great idea!" You know, they made all these thousands of hats, right? Mm -hmm. uh huh. And every time the camera went on somebody, they had an advertisement. And they didn't have to buy advertising time. Excellent. Boy, oh but boy. I thought it was pretty sharp. That's a good marketing person right there. Yep, somebody had it on the ball. Can you imagine what one area would be like with a million people standing in it? I know, I know. I, I mean, I don't want to be there when somebody has had too much Pepsi or water <laughs> or anything liquid and you want to i gotta go i gotta go where can i go to go and they you can't go i know please could you please excuse me i know they have porta potties off on the side streets but getting there must uh, how can you get through how can you get there <clears throat> and when you do how many are ahead of you <laughs> oh god yeah it, it, that would be terrible but they did enjoy good weather tonight that's, That's good. good. So there have been some recent months or recent years when it's been pretty brutal there. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. Just bitter cold, so I'm glad they had some decent time. Did, did you catch any? I guess you didn't catch any of it. No, we've been... They had a huge fireworks display in, uh, from Central Park. No kidding. Patricia was trying to wake up, so she missed everything. Oh, uh, uh, it all happened while I was with you. I know. But normally you always oh, got the TV set on in the background. It's not my fault. I'm, I You sent me to my other room. I don't have a TV in here. Oh, no. I've only got one TV. Are you going to have to move the TV set? No. No. You're going to have to let me go back out there. Okay, I think we can do that. No, you wouldn't let me do it. Why did, yes, why did you would. get sent to your room? Well, because I have a router. 
the little computer that I'm working on has a router, mm -hmm. and it makes my telephone go a little wonky sometimes, and I sound like oh. water. So he made me go to another room. You made me. Ah, uh, I got it. Yeah, we have a router, but I don't have any problems like that with it. I've got a, a port of it. It's a cordless phone. It's one of those little ones with a headset. Well, have you put in a new router yet? That the one you you got? Oh, I didn't. I have to call Lynn, and he's gonna help walk you me through it. Okay. While I put this one in. Well, maybe that will help fix the router problem. You know, it might, but that's just a Wi-Fi connection. Um, but we'll see. And I've noticed that it gets a little crackly when I am on the Internet. If I run an Internet search, uh -huh. it'll get a little crackly. Yeah, you know, you better check all your connections. I know. Because if you got just uh, one connection that's a little wanty, yeah. it can give you all kinds of interference. Hmm. Well, I'm okay as long as I'm away from, the, you know, immediately near the TV, which yeah. is where the, the piece of equipment is. And uh, the microwave makes it go crazy. <laughs> so, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But on the regular phone, if I'm on one of my regular phones, it's fine. Everything is fine. It's just the, the, the uh, one that I can put in my pocket and walk around with. So it, it doesn't, it's not a happy camper. Uh, yeah, yeah, these phones that you can walk around with are really to catch me out. Oh, they are, and I've got a headset, so my hands are free. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, my, my daughter spends a lot of time on the telephone uh, for business purposes. Uh-huh. She always wears a headset. Oh, yes. Oh, my goodness. You know, I'm crunching, crunching your ear against your shoulder is not a good thing to do. Yeah, that's no fun. No. Oh, there goes some boom booms. Boom boom boom. And they're a little what? early. They're they're warming up. Nobody shot guns off here tonight. That only happened one time about oh I'll say eight years ago. Mm -hmm. I was sitting in this room where I am right now, and you know people are setting off firecrackers, bang bang boom boom, and suddenly it was bang bang bang. Somebody was out there with a gun. Yeah, yeah. Wait, is that scary? Oh. Yeah, you know, especially people that don't know what they're doing. They have a tendency to shoot their damn things off up into the air. I know. Instead of into the ground, where they're not going to do much damage. Because what must... Either. With the ricochets, I mean, when you say people don't know what they're doing, anybody who stands outside on New Year's Eve and shoots off a gun just because it sounds loud doesn't know what he's doing to begin with. <laughs> I guess that's, uh, that's true, but there's definitely a, a safe way to do it. Yeah, I mean, people like that shouldn't have guns. That's true. Bad stuff. Bad stuff. Okay, so what are you going to do tomorrow? Anything special? Uh, Tony has to go to church, okay. uh, and we're going into the city, which is a, a small, really, a, it's about ten times the size of our little town. Mm -hmm. okay. It's still a small place uh -huh. called Weaverville. All right. If we could find a restaurant open, we're going to have something to eat in there. Oh, Excellent. Right. That's about it. Well, it sounds like a day to me. A safe one, too. Oh, yeah, we, we, we're not doing anything. Thank you.
dangerous, that's for sure. <laughs> You're not creating hazards. Well, what kind of food are you, what kind of restaurant would Ralph like to pick out tomorrow? Are you, is there anything you're in the mood for? Oh, it's a breakfast thing, you know. Ah. Uh, Nine o'clock in the morning. I think Patricia would be happy to go for breakfast. Oh, oh yeah, I'm a breakfast person. Me too. Yeah. My sister and I found place for breakfast on Christmas night. It was about 5 o'clock in the afternoon, actually, and, and we had this huge breakfast. It was just so good. It was better than a turkey. I agree. Don't let anybody know I said that, Walden. Does, does your sister live near you, or is she just visiting? No, she was just visiting for a couple of days. She's up in Alabama. Ah. She hopped down here for a couple of days. Well, there's a lot of my tribe over, over in Alabama. There's a lot of what? what my father's brother... Uh, Oh, your tribe. Uh -huh. Okay. Yeah. His father's brother and his wife had 13 children. <gasps> they all live in the Gadsden, Alabama area. Okay. So, I've never seen any of them. I, I have talked to them on the phone. Uh-huh. So, the old thing is, if you walk by, you would not recognize your own cousins. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That does happen. 13 kids. I don't know how people managed with families that size. I knew one gal who was one, I, I knew one lady who was one of 20. Wow. I know the older kids helped take care of the younger kids, but uh, when you have 20 kids, you've got, let's say, one a year. you got to wait a long time before the older kids are old enough to help take care of the younger ones. Oh, yeah, I would think. You know, there was a family uh, back in New York when I lived there. They had 13 children, and the, the father died. The oh. mother got remarried, and she had five more. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Can you imagine the grocery bills? That's a puppy oh mill. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? Well, I got to go grocery shopping this week. I mean, how do you plan for 18 miles? Yeah, well, you know. I have to go I shopping. I guess by the time the, the younger ones came along, some of the older ones were out. But... Well, get, th get think of... Guess her, her, her cooking habit. She'd be cooking shifts. Oh, it had to be murder. Well, uh, I'm gonna sit. I'm gonna feed the first six kids. After that, I'm serving the next six they, and the next six. They had to have they, in oh, shifts. And then uh -huh. Christmas, you know, is another big thing. I don't know how they handled that. Wow. And, you know, Easter was a uh, it was a tradition. Everybody would get dressed up real nice. The mm -hmm. boys would wear suits. The girls would wear nice dresses. Uh huh. Uh, their clothing bill had to be pretty high too. Yeah. 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 But they, they seem like a, a happy family, so what could you do? Mom and Dad sure were. I guess, you know, they had to have gotten along in order to do this. Maybe not. I don't it know. It would help, I think. <laughs> hey, it would definitely be a good thing. Wow. Can you imagine the poor mother hormones would be all whack for 20 um, years? I mean, that's a permanent pregnancy. You start uh -huh. off nine months, and, and, you know, if you have kids year apart, you've got three months to let your body recover. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, you know, our, uh, our first two, they were born within 18 months of, of one another. Uh-huh. And then we took, like, a six-year break before we had the little girl. Mm -hmm. You needed. You yeah. needed. Oh, yeah. You needed a six-year break. Yeah, I, I think it was a good thing. Yeah, I mean, 18 but, months apart, that's darn near close to raising twins. Yeah, I'll tell you. They, they were, they were uh, 
constantly at war. No, really? Oh, dear. They still are. Oh, dear. <laughs> you don't want to have them two guys in the same room. They just, they just grind on each other's nerves. Uh -huh. Oh, dear. Yeah, we had <laughs> we had the uh, we had them set up in a room with cribs on on both sides of the room, right? Uh huh. And I had occasion to go in there, and I'm, I'm in my bare feet, and the floor is wet. Oh no! They were spitting at one another. Oh, ick! Oh my God! Nothing like brotherly love, right? Oh, I guess. I have to excuse myself. <laughs> That's awful. Oh. I'm walking along saying, why, why is the floor wet? Oh. <laughs> I'm getting gaggy here. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. Oh, jeez. Well, you raise these kids right, Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> well, all of them, you know, all three of them stayed uh, out of trouble. None of them got involved with the police or yeah. drugs or yeah. things like that, which I'm, I'm very grateful for in yeah. today's market. You know, that that didn't happen by accident. You and Tony had a major investment in these kids in order to help them do that. Well, I was pretty, I was pretty darn strict, I'll tell you that. It helps. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. It helps. If you and, and, and the harder thing, every kid is different. And, and for poor mom and dad to figure out what makes it... Kid, tick, how they're going to get them to it, but it's, 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 you have to be full-time psychoanalyze all your kids to say, how's this one going to handle this? It's a big job. Yeah, it's, it's job. funny. I, uh, I think back at it, and it, it's just, it was like a never-ending show. It mm -hmm. just kept going on and on. <laughs> <laughs> Are the boys married? Uh, my son, Michael, has been married over, uh, 25 years. His brother Ralph doesn't get married. He commits matrimony. <laughs> okay, I get it. <laughs> oh my gosh. And still, if you put them in the same room, it would not be a good thing. No, they don't just, just don't get along. And I thought for the life of me, don't know why. Wow. <laughs> Anyhow, they're they're both healthy and they're both working and yeah, they're just you know, together. Just better off apart. Just not together. Wow. Okay, are you in the market for a question? Sure. Oh, good. I was hoping you'd say yes. Let me see what we've got here for you. I didn't say uh. Well, uh. Oh, you didn't. You didn't. You were very good. Um, let's see. Okay, who rode the horse named Loco? Loco. Loco. That's a gotcha, isn't it? Mm, the, only, the only guys I can think of that uh, it wasn't Zorro. Wasn't Zorro. And I don't think it was Cisco Kid. I'm afraid I don't know. Well, you were in the right direction. Yeah, it, yeah. Really, you are really close, Ralph. Yeah, I know I'm in the right neighborhood. Uh -huh. Yep. Everybody rode a horse. No, seriously, you were in you were in the right neighborhood. Okay, we're gonna gonna move on to the next one. Um, which one of our heroes had a sidekick? Okay, which one? Which big cowboy had a little sidekick who rode a horse named Papoose? 
Oh, that was Red Rider. All right. Very good. You get 22 points for that one. 22? 22, sure. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> oh, it's two years. What the heck? <laughs> Is there anything in your little heart that you would like? Did you hear me read off the new ones that I have? Mm, I heard you say something about my friend Irma. Yes. I have my friend Irma. Yeah, no, I don't want Irma. <laughs> I don't know. That, that, I used to listen to it and watch it on TV. Uh -huh. But I never really got onto it. Uh, let me see here. Um, I, I just, my, uh, good grief. My, um, my computer just went wonky on me here. Wonky. And when I say wonky, I mean, it just, that one's got to go. And that one's got to go. <laughs> oh, and we're down to this one. Okay. Um, my, my computer, it kicked off one of my Word documents, and when I restarted it, all of a sudden, a thousand of them came up at the same time. Oh my. Okay, I've got Mr. and Mrs. North. I can tell you're really excited about that one. Uh -huh. oh, no, I, I like them, but yeah, well, what else um, my, my friend Irma, you've already crossed off. Big John and Sparky, I don't think that's up your alley. No, I used to listen to them on Saturday morning. That's no right. kidding. Well, I've got Big John and Sparky. Yeah, I, uh, I, I'd rather have <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. North. Mr. and Mrs. North it is. Okay. As much as I found them entertaining uh, when I was younger, I don't know, I just... I'm not, I'm not in that mood anymore, I guess. <laughs> All right. So you've got two surprises, Inner Sanctum and Mr. and Mrs. North coming. Nice. Yeah. yeah. That was good to me. This is good, yeah. And uh, we have been listening to them. All right. All right, well, that's yeah, good. Uh, some nights uh, we set up the CD player and uh, or the player that we had. Huh? And we listened to them all night. I had... Killer Sleeves and Fred Allen the last two nights. Ah, uh, yes. So you were in a... Probably hear... I probably hear about 15 minutes of the first show. Uh-huh. I wake up in the middle of the night and I hear 15 minutes of another one. <laughs> so I wake up in the morning and the guys are still on. Oh, I know. So if you time your sleep properly, you'll listen to the second 15 minutes and the first 15 minutes the next time. Yeah, but I, I get such a kick out of uh, Gildersleeve. Oh, he's funny. Great show. It was show. a good show. Great show. And what else? Uh, which show you were listening to? What shows? Which which one you were listening to when you fell asleep? Oh, let's see. He was uh, he was having trouble with his secretary. Bessie. She had a new boyfriend. Okay. Uh, he took her to the store and bought her a new dress. Oh, yes. And he was seen doing this by some neighbors, and the big rumor mill started it, that he was seeing this girl. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what I was listening to. It was good. You know, the writers did such a wonderful job coming up with these storylines every week. <clears throat> when they had... When they had a storyline going, for example, when the, the twins were coming, every week there was something about the twins. So the writers could always go back and work something that was familiar into a script. But when they didn't have a, 
an ongoing piece of a story to rely on. It was a brand new script. I mean, look at Sibber, Mickey, and Molly. There was one time that I recall when a story spilled over to another week, and it was when Uncle Dennis was missing. I don't recall that it ever happened in another part. Well, Uncle oh. Dennis, he was a, a drinker. Yeah. Huh? I recall. I recall two other times, Patricia. Two other times. What were they? Like, they, they all got sick with the food, so they stayed over and played poker at the McGee house. I think uh, measles. That was when Teeny had the measles. measles. Or, and right, and they thought that they had to be quarantined, uh-huh. and it was actually Saber who. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yep, yeah. and then the other one, January nineteen fifty, when they visit their aunt Sarah's house. That's right. Yep. They were there for more than one day. That's right. So those are the two other times I know of. Does this kid have a memory or what? It's up there. Yes, it is. It's up there. You're right, but that was only three times, and they were very short. It wasn't like nine months for a twin story. No. no. They were very short, but um. The writers were just magical. They they were magicians with this stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing what they come up with and, and the time frame that they came up with it in. Every week, every yep. week. Oh my word. Yeah, that, 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 that you really had to have talent to do that. My God, I could never do that. In four weeks, they wrote the equivalent of. A feature-length movie every month. Wow. And imagine all the extra stuff they must have written that, that was kind of chopped out of the shows. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah, and then, well, this isn't working. Rip, 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 and start over again. You're right. I never even thought about well, that. Well, think, think if you work for somebody like Bob Hope. You had to write a radio show, stuff for his live show, and the movies. No wonder he had 15 writers on staff. Fifteen, huh? Yeah. Wow. He had fifteen because he would, you know, the radio show plus his live appearances at every night in, in the movie. He would get cranking out material. And the writers were sent home every week to write a complete show by themselves. Yes. Wow. When when it came time to review the shows, he had complete shows to look at from a variety of different writers. He had several shows in front of him to pick from. Which I find astounding. Nobody works. Yeah, being being a writer yourself, you know what it takes. It, it it's just astounding. I can, I could not work with a team to create a piece of writing. I, I just don't have the personality for it. I it, uh-huh. I would be a crazy person by the end of the first week. But with a writing stable, usually the writers get together and they work on a script together. But not Bob Hope's. They went their different directions. They came up with individual scripts that were not related to each other at all. They didn't uh-huh. talk to each other. They didn't say, okay, what are you writing about? And I'll spin off on that one. They were absolutely standalone scripts that they showed up with, and they did it alone every single week. It was amazing. I don't know what they did, how they had any time for, for their personal lives. Not much. Bob would call them in the middle of the night. <laughs> so they, they didn't have an awful lot of room on their own. Yeah, I saw Bob Hope in person one time. When and where? Uh, he was walking through the uh, Pan Am Terminal in New York. Uh-huh. And I, I seen him, and, you know, he was traveling fast. I guess he, if he goes slow, people would stop him. So he was heading for the elevator, and... 
going up to the Clipper Club, which was, you know, uh, for the, for the uh, first class passengers only. Yeah, yeah. I did say hello to him. Bob Mills, the writer Walden interviewed when um, he and I talked with Joe one night. Hey, uh, I'm going to have you and Ralph uh, take over. i got to go wake up my brother. So you two, you oh, got, my goodness. You two, you two entertain the people for about two minutes, and I'll be back. Oh, my little okay. thing didn't go off. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Well, no, I'm glad we, I kept looking at the clock. So you and Ralph, you guys co-host the show without me for two minutes. <laughs> hey, come back. <laughs> Walden asked me to set my clock that it would pop up in time for him to wake up his brother for work. And I set my little clock and the little doohickey didn't go off. Uh, uh, it says... Well, what are we going to do to him when he comes back? It says 1.30 a.m. And I'm supposed to get an alarm 10 minutes before. Uh, and it didn't happen. Wow. My little doohickey is dead. Yeah, the doohickey must malfunctioned. Oh, my doohickey died. Well, anyway, we had we talked with Bob Mills on the show. He was really such a wonderful guest because he had so many stories to tell. But one of the things that he emphasized was that Bob Hope never turned down or was upset when somebody stopped him for an autograph, that he was one of the most gracious people oh, yeah. for autographs. And I, I thought that was really a nice at Bob Hope's personality. Yeah, I, I kind of followed him along. When he got in the elevator, I just said hello to him, and uh, that was it. You didn't ask him to sign your shirt or your arm or anything? No. Hmm. <laughs> I always thought it would be, I don't know, kind of an imposition to ask somebody to do that. Very pedestrian. And it really isn't. For people like Bob Hope, who had... Um, what I would call a realistic perspective on things, he had the attitude that the time to be concerned was not when people were were chasing after you for an autograph. It's the time when they stop chasing after you for an autograph. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, he, he was just a very nice guy. So how's life? He sure stayed in the, in the public eye for a lot, a lot of years. He did. He did. Uh, he, he just—he was the Energizer Bunny. He just never wore down. He and George Burns. George Burns was another one. Just kept on going. Did you ever see Bob Hope tap dance? I don't think I. No, I didn't. All right, somewhere on. Uh, oh, what do you call that thing? YouTube. Uh huh. There, there's one with him and James Cagney, and they're talking to each other and. Cagney goes into a dance routine, which you kind of expect from Cagney, right? Bob Hope went into one, and he was fantastic. Oh, my goodness. I remember seeing movies with Bing and Bob when they were playing roles as if they were in vaudeville, and they would do their, you know, their little shuffle dance that they did in vaudevillian days, but I've never, I've, I've never seen him Dance dance. Well, this was I'm this back. was a real uh, intricate tap dance. How about? Well, not just a a little soft shoe or anything. He really went yeah. into it. Yeah, that was it. Soft shoe. I was amazed. Walden. Yeah. Ralph was just saying that Bob Hope was in a tap dance routine with James Cagney. Uh huh. That he was very very good. I didn't know that he could dance. It's called a seven little Floyd. Uh, the seven little uh, Floyd. 
I forget the actual title. It's based on the Eddie Foy story. Uh -huh. And Jay Patty uh, plays George M. Conan in this thing, and um, Hope plays Eddie Foy. And we had uh, Eddie Foy's grandson on the show about a year or so ago. Um, because the, the, voice, the Foy family was the... Was the uh, it was a great story. Uh, Eddie Foy was a Valvillian. Mary Gal had seven kids who really was not much of a husband. Uh, and then the wife passed away, so he he had to figure out what to do with the kids. So he put them all in show business. Well, you know, yeah. that gets the good work. Yeah, and that's what he did. And, uh, Bob, I don't know if most people know that Bob Hope started as a dancer. He even taught dancing. And that's what we were just talking yeah. about. I didn't know he was a dancer. Yeah, that's what, uh, that's what, uh, Hope was. Yeah. And he really, he really uh, amazed me. Because I, I, you know, I've seen him hundreds of times. Oh, I've yeah. never seen him do a tap dance. I, uh... Uh, it's one of my blessings I count in my life. I got to see Camp Bob Hope work live. And he was in his mid-80s, still could do it. Um, and I, I really consider him one of the great overall talents there were, considering he could sing well, he could dance, he could do comedy, uh, he could do dramatics. Not everybody had all those gifts. Yeah, yeah, know. yeah. And all the... All the service he did for the military. Oh, yeah. Traveled all over the world. Yeah. He was quite a guy. Yeah, he was almost killed twice. Uh, especially in Vietnam. And, uh... He, uh, he did what twice? He was almost killed. Oh, okay. Tw twice. Yeah. Incoming <laughs> rounds, huh? Yep. Yeah, well, they was, uh... I, I guess the Viet Cong had him on his hit list one time. And... Well, I, had, I had heard that. Yeah, and they, 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 they were gunning for hope at a hotel. And the, uh, the baggage got lost, and they decided to wait because the scripts were in one of the bags, so they waited for the, the script to show up. And so they waited, and that saved their life. Wow. You know. But, uh, no, uh, Hope was uh, one of those guys who uh, did a lot, and he was a walker. I mean, people here in Hollywood love seeing Hope because he was a walker. He would just... Uh, he loved to go to grocery stores. He loved to walk around grocery stores at 11 o'clock at night. And he also loved Bob Big Boy. So he loved eating hamburgers, so he would go to the local diner and get the, uh, the hamburgers. And that was, that was his thing. That's cool. You know, there's an old uh, motel near here mm -hmm. called Indian Creek. Ah. And, and the story is that uh, Hope and Crosby and uh, Phil Harris yep. and all those other guys used to come up here to go fishing yeah. and also to, to shoot birds. Oh, uh, yeah. But the, 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 it must have been a long time ago because the motel is kind of a wreck now. <laughs> they shot birds? Yeah. Sure did. Oh. Well, you know, pheasant. Uh, I don't want to talk about it. Quail. I don't want to talk about it. Well, you eat chicken, don't you? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I don't eat my chicken. Mm -mm. <laughs> nope, it's just smiling on its egg. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, well, your chicken's different. Yeah, my chicken, it certainly is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I've never, <laughs> I've never seen them. 
I, I only found them on the computer. I don't really... You never <laughs> my chicken? <laughs> oh, so I have to take a picture of my chicken sitting on its egg, right? Yeah. All right, and send it to All right, me. do me do a favor when you do that. Yeah. Take a picture of the chicken sitting on the egg. Yeah. In your lap. <laughs> so we get a picture of you. <laughs> well, you're only going to get my lap. You know, I mean, if it sits on my... No, I'm, well, no, you can't have a picture of that. <laughs> Well, hold them, cuddle them in your arms, and then, then we can get your head in it. See? <laughs> there must be a way to get a picture of you. You're too funny. No, I, I, my chicken will be in its own little place. <laughs> I do not cuddle my chicken. No. I am not a chicken cuddler. <laughs> Maybe that's why the egg hasn't hatched. Oh, yeah. God. Oh, the, egg well. isn't, uh, the egg isn't bearing fruit yet, huh? <laughs> if it bears fruit, we're both in trouble. <laughs> I, I'd like to see what kind of a chicken would come out of that egg. Yeah, well, mm -hmm. I mentioned that the egg is very heavy, so maybe it's triplets, and that take that would take a longer time than just a, an only child. <laughs> well, I told you we had uh, we had three of those eggs. Uh, you guys got two of them. We still have one. Could you tell me where a marble egg comes from and oh, how come? Yeah, it comes from a stone quarry. Yeah. <laughs> Why, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's just such an unusual shape for somebody to make yep. out of a chunk of marble. It, it really is. And they're very perfect, aren't they? They are. They are. I thought, when I took it out of the box, I thought it was a hard-boiled egg. Uh-huh. <laughs> so you really did? Hard-boiled, all right. <laughs> but I did. I thought it was a hard-boiled egg because it's got, the, the marble has little tiny lines in it like marble normally does. Mm -hmm. It looked like the kinds of lines that you get when you have a hard-boiled egg come out of the pot. <laughs> I thought it was a hard-boiled egg. They're very, very realistic. Uh, have you tried to open it up or anything? Oh. <laughs> you think a hammer and a chisel? It might be a possum inside, Patricia. I stopped my stupidity at the thought that it was a hard-boiled egg. <laughs> How was that possum? How was the possum? Is that what you're asking? Uh-huh. Yeah, that guy really laid it on you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, just pour it. I, I think another boom. <laughs> you know, I mean, he's he's been trying to teach me Southern for so long. There isn't any reason in the world why he wouldn't have sent me possum. <laughs> there just isn't. I thought it was a realistic thing coming from him. I, I, I thought we were going to, honest to goodness, I really thought we were going to get, you know, like, like he would get sugar-cured ham. Really, uh -huh. I thought this was going to be like... I thought the note that you sent to Patricia was wonderful. Uh, just don't drown it. Don't drown it. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> that it'll be fine. Just don't put it in the tub. <laughs> that was before it got here. Well, I'm glad I got through to you guys. I wanted to wish you a happy Aww. new year. Thank you and so much. And happy Tony's over here. She wants to say hello. All right. But okay. All right. All right, I'll talk to you guys next week. All right, Ralph. Be safe. Have a good week. Thank you. Good night. Good night.
I just wanted to wish both you and Walden a very, very happy new year. Aww. You, Tony, oh, you too. And I'm so glad that we're all here to welcome it and uh, have another one. Yes, yes. Hooray we for us. We for many more to come. Hooray for <laughs> us. We made it through another year. I ab- That's right. Yeah. I love the note that you sent to me. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry? I love the note that you sent to me about the investment money. Oh, oh, okay. (laughs) I'm going to, is it okay if I read it out loud when we finish? Sure. Okay. I I think this was really cool. Okay. Well, we really enjoy you guys, and thanks for putting up with all our nonsense. Oh, gosh, you're just so much fun. Thank you so much, and you have a great day tomorrow. I hope you find a restaurant open. Oh, well, I hope so, too. Otherwise, he's going to have just toast and coffee at home. <laughs> or you could have him make you breakfast. Well, that, well, maybe I'd rather do it myself. <laughs> okay, understood. Understood. We need, we need a training program here. <laughs> uh, definitely. <laughs> Thank you. Well, good night, folks. You Happy too. New Year. Laura, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye now. Uh, okay, well, I'm going to read the note that I got from Tony. Yes. It has $2 in it, and I sent back an email that said, um, I know it's illegal to mutilate money, but I, I, I thought a push pin and a bulletin board would be okay, so I've got $2 bills up there. Their investment money is in. Hooray! Who's there? Happy, happy New Year! Well, Happy New Year, 2013. Well, uh, 2013? Yeah, it seemed like it took me over a year to get through. <laughs> <laughs> you practiced that line for an hour, right? Well, I had to do, I had to do something. Jeez. Uh, how you doing? Happy New Year. Um, I'm getting better. <laughs> well, you, that's right. You went to the hospital here a week ago, this, earlier this week, didn't you? Oh, yes. Was it, did he have a good time? Oh, yeah, four hours of fun. Yeah, yeah. Gosh. Well, at least, you know, well, I, before I went to the hospital, I said, I know, it's, I, you, you always guess, you know, I, I probably pulled the muscle. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's like, and then I was thinking, like, okay, then how the heck did I pull the muscle? It's like, what did I do, or, you know? It's like, glad I went, though, you know, it's... It's always nice to be safe than sorry, Charles. Yeah, you know, you know it's one of those things like, oh, God, am I going to go there and I'm, they're probably going to say I pulled the muscle mm-hmm. and I, it's a waste of four hours. <laughs> but, you know, they were getting me a little nervous because, you know, they did the EKG. Had about eight eight things hooked up to me and, you know, my chest, my mm-hmm. the lower leg. Then they took blood work out of both arms. <laughs> Left the IV in the one mm-hmm. and that. And then they, uh, you know, did a chest x-ray. Anybody, they took about two hours to finally get back to me and let me know what the heck was going on. And the end result was? Well, they came back and they, you know, said the blood work is fine, no blood clots, the lungs are fine, the heart's fine. And that, because I said to him, because I, I know my cholesterol's got to be high, I know that. And I says, because when they said the blood work was fine, they go... I said to him, oh, that my cholesterol's fine? And they go, oh, no, we don't check cholesterol. 
Well, it takes a while for it to come back, and it, it really, um, that's a long-term thing that wouldn't have anything to do with what you were dealing with. I just pulled a muscle, I guess, you know, but it's like, how? I don't, that's the question, it's, I guess it don't take much. Just turned the wrong way, because it started my lower upper shoulder, my lower left shoulder. Uh-huh. Then it went right into my chest. And it felt like somebody was standing on it. I wonder how many muscles we have in the body anyway, oh, if you can think uh, about it. Too many. <laughs> There's a lot. There's definitely a lot. You know, I didn't have no trouble breathing, you know, mm -hmm. eating food. I had no, of course, not, never had a problem with that, but it's, it, it just hurt me like if I bend over to pick something up. Mm -hmm. And it just like, oh, God, it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, that was an interesting night. Well, at least you're home. That's what counts. Oh yes. That's what counts. Well, they weren't sure. They were. They were. They were debating that they were going to admit me overnight and mm -hmm. and that or send me home. I said, "Well, if you're going to admit me, I, I'll give you my breakfast order." So. Mm -hmm. You are sassy, aren't you? Oh, why not? Actually, um, I did not notice. Uh, out here in the West Coast, the top cancer clinic is called the City of Hope. And I had uh, one of my dear lion friends, who was my scoutmaster in Amsterdam, uh, had um, cancer in the kidney. Oh. And there's a new procedure that worked. He came home the next day, freeze it. Yeah. And the city of Hope is, is leading the edge of that. They go in, microscopic surgery, the doctor's not in the same room, it's a computer that goes in, cuts, and, and they freeze it, and you go home the next day. But the beautiful thing about being at the hospital, the the menu is whatever you want. You get to choose any time of the day. You just pick up the phone, and it's a short order place. So you can have custom meals anytime you want. And that's how they but do they it. they make you go home the next day. Yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> but that's how the city of Hope does it. I think all well, whole hospitals now, you go in, they, they get what you go in for, and they send you home. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want you in there, I guess, you know, to yep. have to be in there more yep. the time, the better, you know. Yep. Way to go. Yeah. Hmm. So, how are you doing now? Are you doing okay? Oh, I'm better, yeah. I'm alive. <laughs> <laughs> I'll live. So, did you watch the ball drop in... Uh, Times Square on television? No, TV, well, I, I DVR'd it. I'll watch it tomorrow, probably. I just, you know, watching, I watch movies half the day, then I watched uh, DS, something S, and uh, <laughs> more movies now I'm listening, been listening to you, so. Oh, I've got people trained. Have I got people trained uh -huh, or what? Uh-huh. This is good. Well, I, was, well, I was watching uh, Walden's Mother's Team this afternoon. Ah. I missed, you, you, you I missed Tuesday night's game, of course. Tuesday, I, but I, you, didn't, yeah, I didn't watch Tuesday night's game, and they won, of course. So. Well, you know who else is a Lakers fan besides my mother? It's Bobby's mom. Bobby's mom, who's 92 years, is a gigantic Lakers fan. So last week, when we went for Christmas, my dad and brother went and got two Lakers shirts, female shirts, and we didn't know what size. I guess the, my dad and brother had no idea what size to get my mom. 
So, uh, they, she opened one, she gets to wear one, and we mail the other one to Bobby's mom. Yeah. So, she now uh, has Steve's a... mom. She has a, a Laker shirt. Uh, Patricia wants one. I know. Excuse me. Excuse me. No, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. She doesn't even want to know that they exist. Do you know what a Laker is? Yeah. What? It's a, uh, um, let me see, it's a, I know it's a team, let me think. The Lakers are, well, if you're watching them now, it must be a football team? Well, uh, what else, what happens, what, what other sports happen at the time of the year? Basketball, they're the basketball. It's basketball! I knew that. I knew they're that. The, yeah, they're, in, they're, they're in the possum leg. <laughs> Very good. Oh, oh, he, 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 what's the right word? To, he, he just cracks me up. Harwood. Oh, God. He, he underplays everything. There, there's no doubt about that. I, get, I'm, I think I know what a redneck flashlight is, I think. You do? I think. I don't know. I may be wrong. Uh, are you going to share it with us, or we're going to have to wait until it shows up? Well, I'm guessing the way it sounds, I don't a match. Okay, sure. Boy, it sounds to me anyway. Okay. I'm probably wrong, but... Well, I guess we'll find out when it shows up. Well, he said we could use it more than once. Oh, okay. Which is, uh, I think that's what he said. Did you get that in uh -huh. the Yep, correct. Maybe a grill lighter then. One of those things you flick like the grill. Oh, goodness, no, no, no. This is <laughs> southern item. Well, that's right. You, know, you never know. No, no offense to rednecks, but you never know. <laughs> you know, you can flick up, the, flick the grill with it, and keep the possum warm. Patricia, did you realize what we have received a gift so far this year? Fruitcake. Uh, fruit cake. Uh, fruit, possum. An egg. Egg. And chicken. chicken. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you didn't. Get, you didn't get all them this year. Sure, we did. You got them last year. Oh, you're well. Oh. You're very good. Oh. Within, well, at, least, at least Patricia got it last that's year. Right. Within the last year. You're right. Mm-hmm. Who knows what you're going to get this year. Yeah, I know. So it's a little scary. I'm resigning, Walden, and you have a wonderful time in 2012. <laughs> I do that want to be possible. Yeah, Patricia's got to leave. She's got her sports show to do. Uh-huh. She's going to really go out there and become the famous worldwide broadcaster. Actually, I was hearing um, two football games today with female play-by-play uh, -play announcers. Really? Yeah, they yeah. do it all. Basket, college yep. basketball. Yep. Yeah. There's hope for me. Yeah. yeah. Trust me, you guys don't want that. No, no. Well, hey, I that's think, a good I, idea, Walter. I think yeah, it should, should be on TV, then everybody could see her. Uh -huh. Oh, look at this. He bumbled the ball again, and they all fell down. <laughs> I think you'd oh. be a hit. Well, Ralph well started it. He, you know, he, I think he, he strolled right in there, you know? Mm-hmm. I'd be a hit. I think you'd be a hit. You're a hit already. I'd be a hit with the other women in the world who have similar feelings. I think you'd be, you'd be a twin set of. Oh, this is good. Uh-huh. I like that. Uh-huh. I like that. So, Charles, you want a, you want a really hard question tonight? You want I an would, easy question? I would like an easy question. You would like an easy question. <laughs> All right, an easy... An easy question, what one the, I can answer. What's an easy question? An easy 
question is one he can answer. Ah. <laughs> make any difference how I ask it. If he can answer it, it's an easy one. All <laughs> uh, right. Who was Yukon King? Oh, God. Oh, Charles. Yukon King. Oh. Sounds like a restaurant. Oh. Not Burger King. Yukon King. <laughs> No, no, okay, no. My, my, my guess, she gave the answer. Yukon King, Sergeant Yukon. Woo! I'm waiting. Keep going. Oh, well, that's right. There's more. Sergeant Preston of the Yukon. Very good. And Yukon <laughs> King. Why the hell Yukon King? I don't know what the heck a Yukon King is. Yes, you do. <laughs> I don't know, Chinese, di Chinese dish? I don't know. Okay. This is painful. <laughs> I don't know what a Yukon King is. I'm here. Give him a hand. I'm just going to hold my ear. Oh, it's a dog. <laughs> We're getting warmer. Now, who is Yukon King? Slay dog. Very good. We're, <laughs> We're getting really hot here. Go ahead. Oh, my. There's more? Oh, jeez. What kind of clay dog is he? One with four legs. Oh, perfect. Perfect. Oh, you want you want oh you want the uh This is painful. I'm just gonna give it to him, Walden. Is that okay? <laughs> I I have so much pain with you, <laughs> Charles. Yukon King was the lead dog. On King! Oh, On oh, you Huskies! Oh, you, oh, you expect me to get that? Yes! Jeez. That's an easy question. That was an easy question. Ah. That was an easy one. Every single as I as I always hear see on game shows, it's easy because you got the answer in front of you. Mm -hmm. Every single one of our family member, all of our members, could have answered that question, Charles. Well, I couldn't. I was there. You were there. I wasn't in the lead, but I was there. See? See? Boy, oh boy, I'm telling you, this is painful. I'm not going to ask you any more questions. <laughs> I'll show you. Yes, I will. I'll have pity. I'm hearing fireworks in the background in my, in my neighborhood. They're fighting off early. Well, Sheesh. yeah, you're an hour and four minutes. I know. Away from the um, mountain time zone. Let's hope, let's hope it's not the ones that are setting the fires out there. Yeah, true. There's, there's some, another, there's one, some, another one tonight, they said. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. There's somebody who created 30 fires in Hollywood in the last two nights. Oh, no. Car, they set a car on fire in the garage. Yeah. There, there, oh, there's some guy is setting off fires around, on different cars and things around Hollywood. Oh, my gosh. Each, I mean, how did we raise such a generation of sick people? Maybe we just know. Well, it. it's either my mom hacked me and I has a heater too. It's either young kids. Or somebody deranged. It's got to be one or the other. Both. Both. Yeah. yeah. Deranged young kids. Mm -hmm. I like fire, yeah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay, did you, Charles, were you astute enough to listen to the new shows that I have? I've actually got a couple of more besides this, but I've got Mr. and Mrs. North. I've got a big collection now of my friend Irma. Big John. Have that big John and Sparky. You have my friend Irma? Yes. I don't think Look, I gave you a lot of yes, them. Yes, I do. I, I, I said I don't think I gave you a lot of them. Let me see here. Oh. Uh, but honestly, I know what I want. What do you want? Old Venture. Ah. Oh. That's with uh, Bogart, right? Yeah. Bogart and McCall. Yeah. Bogart and McCall. <laughs> Who 
got bold venture. All right, hold on. That's like every time I call, it's a bold venture. This is true. Yep. <laughs> okay, bold venture. You got it. Somebody else asked for that too, and I sent it out. It's a good show. It's a great show. Okay, you can have it, even though, <laughs> even though Walden had to bark for you. Whoop! Well, I did last year, but it didn't happen this year, or last year. What What did you promise last year? Well, New Year's resolution last year for myself was to get my job back. So you're working on it, though. Oh, yeah, I'm working on it. I'll, I'll, I'll do it again this year, New Year's resolution. Okay. It's oh, a good one. Right. And when my And when I was a kid, my, par my late parents, they always used to have... Uh, New Year's Eve parties at the house. Ah. Oh, yeah, they used to have a family come over, and friends, all with all food and all that. It was a great time. Huh? Who came to the parties? Oh, my aunts and uncles and friends of my parents. How many people showed up? That sounds like a group. There's about 20 people. Oh, that's a lot. Oh, yeah, went from, like, every, every, well, you know, we had a, uh, you know, big, what they, what they call it, like, a big finished basement downstairs with a bar and everything. Mm -hmm. I know it was big enough for people, have food, and, you know, as I got older, you know, it's, they still did it, and then I think when I got about towards grammar school or high school, then, uh, you know, they went out, you know, to a, I think American Legion in town. Mm -hmm. They always used to have one. I don't think they have that no more. So you grew up enough to enjoy the party and they moved it to the American Legion Hall. Oh, yeah. That's fun. <laughs> oh, dear. So, okay, after you graduated from high school, or even when you were in high school, what did you do for New Year's? I didn't do much. I just, I stayed at home and, you know, High school, I graduated five. Yeah, my parents are still alive. So, uh, yeah, when I was in high school, you know, they, they went out. You know, on New Year's Eve, they went out to, you know, because American Legion at the time had a New Year's Eve party huh? every year. And then my parents all used to go with friends of theirs, and I was usually home alone. Oh, Charles. What? I'm sorry. Well, you weren't around. Nobody was, I don't think Walden was around. Yeah. <laughs> you poor baby. No, 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 that was in the 80s, so no, I, I didn't start listening to Yesterday USA till 92. Well, you were an early bird. Well, I never heard of YUSA until I had my uh, big satellite dish. Well, th the station was pretty new then, Walden. How old was it in 1992? Uh, just getting started. Yeah. So you were in no, on well, the... well, 92, yeah, it was about, it was about nine years old, you know. So it was getting really started back in those days. Yeah, so it started it was... in 83. In 91 or 92, I discovered when I got my big dish. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, I became hooked, so... It's all good fun. That's true. Now look what you're relegated to. You're stuck with us on Saturday night. Uh... Oh, well. You're with us, Charles, and next could be, it could be worse. Next week, <laughs> ask you another dog question, and I hope you're ready for it. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> <laughs>
Boy, poor Walden. <laughs> I'll tell you, he goes through his, his pantomime act. And can I give... No, Walden, you can't give a hint. <laughs> this time... Pantomime on radio, pretty good. Yeah, this is right. It's, it's like ventriloquism on radio. <laughs> you, know, you should ask me, one of the Florida teams, what animal is their mascot? Ah. What? You don't know? Name, name the different Florida teams okay. animal mascots. We've got the Dolphins in Miami. Yeah. We've got the um, Blue Rays in Tampa. Are they in Tampa? Yeah, they call the, the Rays now. Uh -huh. Rays, yeah. okay. And then in, um, we have the... There's a cat in Jacksonville. Wait a minute. <laughs> the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, good. Good. Um, and we've got the um, Gators. Now, that that would be Gainesville? That, that's Florida. Yep, University of Florida. can't remember which. Uh, University of Florida? Uh -huh, that's, Not yeah. at Gainesville. It's just a straight University of Florida. Yeah, well, it's in Gainesville. They've got, oh, it is in Gainesville. Yeah. Okay. I was right the first time then. You were? Um, let me think. What other critters do we have here? <laughs> Um, the Eagles are not ours. Well, it's Philadelphia. Um. Uh, I, okay, I, I, I think there are two more universities. I know what one of them is. I don't know the other one. And there's one more baseball team. Yep. We do not have a Pelican. That's just, they, they're, they're moving to a new stadium. And I think a new... Yeah, it's a new stadium that's coming here. And I can't. If you give me the name of the city or the or the school, it's gonna be in my, it, the baseball team moving to Miami. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, they're moving this year. Yeah. So we got a grapefruit league one coming, or is it an is it another? No, it, 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 no, it's a major league team. They're moving from where they were it, over they're the moving years from to Miami. Yeah, they're now. moving from Tampa to Miami. From Tampa. Uh huh. And it's a. Uh, they won the World Series twice. And it's a fish. It's a fish. It's 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 it's, it's a type of fish. <laughs> I'm not I'm not doing too well here. Well, you're doing really well. Yeah, you're yeah, surprised, yeah. That's you do. Oh, think of a type not. of fish. And but it was Tampa. But it was in Tampa. Well, I don't know. Wait a minute. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Um, you got that one correct. It, it was it was in Miami. and moving to a new stadium in Miami. And they were called the Florida Blanks, but now they're going to be called something else. The Miami else. Blank. Yeah. So we, we were talking about the Dolphins. Well, the so Dolphins are football at, team. played at that stadium. The Dolphins are football team. They're moving out of the Dolphins football stadium and moving to a baseball stadium. <laughs> they're having an identity crisis. Uh-huh. Well, actually, it's, they think it's going to go great. They've been spending a lot of money on baseball players. That's for sure. <laughs> Why would I know that? Uh, because you have a you couple. Know all the rest. <laughs> because you have a couple of brothers who are sports fans. Nah. Nah. Okay. Don't talk to me. Oh boy. Oh dear. Okay. Well, we'll help on the baseball team. Yeah. It, 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 it's now going to be called the Miami Marlins. It used to be known as the Florida Marlins. I knew that. And they're now going to be called the Miami Marlins. They just changed uniform and uh, mascot. I knew that. Yep. Now, now the, let's go back to college. Yeah. S uh, South Florida. I think their mascot is a, it's a, it's an animal. The University of South Florida has uh, an animal. Right. It's not an alligator. No. 
And the other university, I don't know. I don't. We know it's Southern Florida. I'm not. I don't. I don't remember what their mascot is. I'm. I'm stuck. I think the South Florida is a. It's a bulldog. Florida bulldog. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We know Florida State is an <laughs> Indian. Yeah. It, we know Florida State is an Indian. Yeah, but, the horse. Yeah, right. But I don't know. I don't remember what uh, uh, Central Florida mascot is. But you do really well, Patricia. I'm yeah. proud of you. Jeez. Thank you. You know all your. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We forgot. <laughs> the hot. Well, now, dude. What the hockey teams? What? What their mascots? Let me think. Oh dear. Tampa Bay Lightnings. That's a Lightning. Who? Isn't there another hockey team, Charles and Ford? I think just the one. Yeah. Right? No, there's two. Uh, we have a minor league team here. What's the other hockey team? It's a, uh, let's see. It's a, oh, an animal. Well, it's an animal team. It's an animal team? That's name, yeah. You guys want me to know the answer. You don't even know the question. <laughs> I know the question. I just don't want to, if I say the wrong way, I'll give you the answer. Cheesy. You live in Florida. You should know. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> I thought I passed my test. I can go home now. <laughs> well, if you get if you get this right, you get the bonus prize. A uh -huh. extra, an extra large possum with an egg. Oh, great. <laughs> an egg-laying possum. This is good. Um, I don't know. I, I, I am fresh out. Okay. Florida Panthers. The Panthers. That's right. Oh, man. I knew that. <laughs> I knew that. You're good, Charles. Uh, sports. Yeah. Sports, sports. Sports, sports. Oh, I knew that. Let's see now. Do we, okay, we got the, over the hockey. Oh, now we got basketball, too. Oh, give me a break. That's right. Well, I see. Okay, I did basketball, I'm, I'll make it, the one team, I'll make it see. How can I do this? Florida's got this all summer. Very bad. Yeah, it's not an animal. No. Yeah. The two basketball teams are not animals. You know what the basketball teams are? Patrice? I'm looking for bulldog. We don't have a bulldog. I think Central, South Florida is, yeah. Florida bulldogs? No, that's, maybe it's Georgia bulldog. Well, it's Georgia bulldog, but I think the South Florida is a bulldog. I'm familiar with the Florida Gators and the yeah. Florida... Yeah. Well, I was I trying to go. But in South Florida, it says Georgia, South Florida Bulldog. <laughs> and what what form of S words do we have here? What what is this? The Bulldogs. What is it? Is it baseball, football? What? The university. It's a university of South Florida. Uh, of what? What 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 are the Bulldogs? Football. Well, oh, okay. more people know. Well, more people know by football. Well, that's what I was asking. Oh, oh we're, I'm on, sorry. we're on NBA now. Florida, two Florida teams now. There are two basketball teams in Florida. Georgia is bulldogs. We don't have a bulldog. <laughs> well, I, what the university sounded Florida? All right, hold on. <laughs> I could I could have goofed. Florida Gators. University of South Florida. Yeah. Is. I'll know when I hear it. <laughs> it's, that's in the Orlando area. South Florida. 
This is interesting. This would be. Diversity is a, is a bull, not a bulldog. <laughs> Florida bulls. 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 It sounds like a bulldog around on the radio. She whiz. Gee, I'm sorry. She whiz. Now what? Now what's the NBA teams? Without googling. The NBA. National Basketball Association. What? I mean, I gave up on basketball. I told you, I'm I'm finished for the night. <laughs> well, I didn't. We gotta. You gotta get the perfecta. Excuse me. You save the questions for next week. My ah, party pooper. My poor little brain hurts. Oh, well, I guess we... Bulldogs. Guess. Bulldogs, indeed. You're trying to confuse me. <laughs> and I kept saying we don't have a bulldog. Oh, you're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> I, I, boo I made a boo-boo. <laughs> Possible. You don't make boo-boos. It must have been Charles who made you do it. I didn't do Charles made you do it. I do boo-boos. You did boo-boos. Okay, so Bold Ventures, I will give you. You are going to go forth and have a better... 2012 than you had in 2011. Oh, yes. And we'll talk to you later. Well, tomorrow night you're only on for, what, a half an hour? I'm going to be here for about an hour. I'm, I have a big day coming up on Monday and Tuesday, so. Monday's a holiday. Everybody's off, usually. Well. Not Patricia. she got to do stuff. I have stuff. she got stuff. That's, oh, yeah, that's Monday. That's probably Monday they got all them sports matinee games. That's true. Go to your room, Charles. <laughs> See you later. Happy New Year, Charles. Yeah, plus, plus you got the college football, too. That's true. That's what I'll be hey. doing. Rose New Bowl, Year, Charles. Rose Bowl Parade of football games. <laughs> Good night. Florida, play, Florida plays them in. Florida's playing them, too, I think. That's true. I think tomorrow or it's Monday? Monday. Monday, yeah. Monday. That's well, where I'll, be, I'll be watching the Brassett plays. That's where Patricia's going I Monday. She's going to the, the Gators. Yeah, she's going to the football game. Yes. Happy New Year, Charles. I'm going to take her chicken with her and have possum at the game. <laughs> we'll talk to you later, kid. <laughs> it, might, it might be a night game, but then you can bring your redneck uh, class. That's right, y'all. Say goodnight, Charles. <laughs> Good night, Mary Ellen. Good night, Charles. <laughs> Goodnight. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. Bulldog indeed, Walden. I'm a boo-boo. Oh. A big boo-boo. My goodness. Boo-boo bear. Will you forgive me, boo-boo bear? Hey, boo-boo. Boo-boo. Hey, boo-boo bear. We are going on a picnic. Boo-boo. Uh, if you like to talk to boo-boo and boo-boo, it's very simple. 714-545-2071. This is the boo-boo hotline. It is Happy New Year in the mountain time zone. We should be hearing from Hawaii in about an hour. We'll be playing Happy New Year songs. Uh-huh, and that will be Happy New Year for the California gang. That's right. We're doing fine. Boo-boo. Well, you've got 30 seconds to pick up the phone, give us a call, and say Happy New Year, or we're going to give you an awful show to listen to. And, oh, Lordy, do we have an awful show. Boo-boo wants to play shows. It is so awful, I couldn't find any information about it. <laughs> and I could only find one show, and I could only find one show that was referenced anywhere on the Internet, so it might be the only one that survived, fortunately. That's okay. It is our good fortune that nothing more than this one survived.
phone is quiet at the moment, so maybe we should go. Okay. Do you and and I sent it out. To, do you need me to send it again? No. I, well, it's up to you. I I know where to find it. Well, if you know where to find it, then I'm not going to send it again and uh, up your mailbox. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I'm going to walk over to the computer. Okay, and I'm doing I'm doing the best I can to find short, awful shows, so that I do not impose a half hour of pain on our both ears. This one is called Crime and Death Take No Holiday. Now, the title alone should give a hint that this is not exactly Facebook, you have an Academy Mark Award production here. The writer, so, show when Walden finds it, I, I, I really don't know anything about the show. Okay, we're ready to go. Like MB, one one. Fun, you know? Okay, we're Enter. ready. Yep. We'll Mailing be back in about 12 minutes. Be back. Okay, there we go. Everybody, we'll be back. Enter. Attachments. List view. Crime death take no holidays. XXXXXX. Ralph Cram Rob's bank.mp36.81 MB. One of one. Windows Media Player. Default view. Windows Media Player. With the cooperation of the Texas State Department of Public Safety, the Texas Company, makers of Texaco Sky Chief Gasoline, presents Crime and Death Take No Holiday. A copyrighted feature depicting the authentic details of the visitations of crime and death upon the peoples of the world. Fifteen hundred Texaco service stations in Texas are this week introducing a great new luxury gasoline, Texaco Sky Chief. A gasoline for you motorists who truly want the best in motor fuel. The instant you try Sky Chief, you know that you command a supremely fine gasoline that gives your car a greater range of performance. Sky Chief gives record quick starting and acceleration. It is extremely high anti-knock quality and permits a higher peak of efficiency and power without knock or ping. Because you get more work from a given amount of gasoline, there's a distinct saving. Sky Chief shortens miles, stretches gallons, and flattens hills. Drive into your nearest Texaco service station today and fill up with Texaco Sky Chief. And note the courteous circle service rendered by the Texaco attendant. Murder, kidnappings, burglary, suicide, traffic deaths, and wholesale destruction of life in every conceivable form crowd the news wires daily. Such has become so commonplace, in fact, that news media have placed them in the background for other headlines. Yet the public seeks out this news for thought, meditation, and topic of discussion. So it is we present this program to further acquaint you with recklessness, negligence, and disobedience of law, order, and safety. To convey to you an incentive to give serious thought to the inroads of tragedy and perhaps prompt you to pause and remember that crime and death strike when least expected. Each traffic fatality that has occurred during the past 24 hours is identified by the sound of the bell of death. A bell which more than half a century ago called a handful of worshippers to a small country church in Dallas County. Today and each day on this program, it will toll requiem for persons who lose their lives in traffic deaths in, in Texas. The great web of efficient Texas Highway Safety Patrolmen are reporting traffic fatalities by special wire to us as they occur. And now, here is your Texaco crime and death reporter, Clark Folks. Good afternoon, Texas. 
35 minutes ago, Ralph Graham, 20-year-old WPA worker of Bowling, Texas, shoved a gun through the teller's cage of the People's State Bank at Hallettsville and demanded cashier M.R. Bozdar to kick in with some dough. Bozdar accommodated the bandit's demand to the tune of $2,400. Then came an unexpected surprise for Graham. He felt a gun in the middle of his back and heard the stern order to drop everything and lift them high. As Graham was given orders to turn around, he looked into the determined face of Captain Claude Reed of the State Highway Safety Patrol. Seven minutes later, Graham was looking through the bars of the Hallettsville County Jail. Twelve minutes after Graham's attempt to rob the bank, Captain Reed called your reporter by long-distance telephone and gave the details. His last words to us were, you know, it was kind of funny that I happened into the bank at that particular moment to cash my paycheck. And thanks to Captain Reed. At an early hour this morning, the truck in which Manuel Gonzalez of Mission, Texas, was riding struck a bridge abutment near Louise, Texas. The bell of death rang for Manuel Gonzalez. He was crushed to death by the impact. An attempt to keep her from breaking a package of eggs resulted in the bell of death today for nine-months-old Patsy Darlene Pitts of Fort Worth, Texas. Patsy was riding with her mother, Mrs. Pat Pitts, and grandmother, Mrs. Whit Coates. She was sitting in her mother's lap, and Mrs. Coates was driving. The package of eggs had been placed on the front seat between the two women. The baby made a sudden movement, and the grandmother said she turned to keep her from falling on the eggs. The next thing I knew, the car had run up on a curb and struck a pole, Mrs. Coates said. Patsy suffered a skull fracture and severe scalp lacerations and died a few hours later at a hospital. The mother and grandmother were treated for cuts and bruises. Earl H. Barrett, Jr., son of a wealthy Claremore, Oklahoma theater chain owner, sat beside three girls in the trophy room of his father's lodge on Lake Hamilton near Hot Springs, Arkansas, last night and shot himself to death with a rifle. The girls were in the trophy room when Barrett entered. He sat down and said, I'm going to kill myself. They laughed at him. He went to the fireplace, took a rifle from the wall, and sat in a chair within four feet of the girls. They watched him with interest, thinking he was planning a joke. Without a word, he placed the barrel against his head and pulled the trigger, blowing his head off. On Highway 90 near Dennis, Texas yesterday, Roy Koch and his two companions, Irvin Nestor and Jimmy Wells, were riding in a truck on a narrow strip of road where highway repairmen were at work. Another truck rushed out from a side lane and met them head on. The bell of death rang for Roy Koch, Irvin Nestor, and Jimmy Wells. Koch and Nestor were killed instantly. Wells died in a hospital an hour later. All three lived at Dennis. At Abilene, Texas this morning, a bandit entered the restaurant of Tom Adams and demanded that he hand over the cash from the register. When Adams, who is 67 years of age, seemed a bit slow in responding, the bandit hit him over the head with a gun, took the money from the drawer, and fled. Adams is in an Abilene hospital in a serious condition. No trace of the thug has been found. Last night, little Mary Jane Evans was playing in the front yard of her home in Austin, Texas. The six-year-old child wandered into the street. A car came around the corner, struck her down, and ran. An hour later... The bell of death rang for six-year-old Mary Jane Evans. A special report to this program from Colonel Homer Garrison, Jr., director of the State Department of Public Safety, reveals that the total of traffic fatalities for the month of May totaled 94. This was 12 deaths less than the preceding month of April with 106. Colonel Garrison stated that he is somewhat optimistic over the decrease of traffic deaths in Texas for the summer months. Three Waco youths. George Harrison, 17, James Wiley, 14, and Bernard Helton, 14, lost their lives in the waters of Eagle Mountain Lake, 15 miles northeast of Fort Worth last night when their boat overturned. The three had tied a fast-speed motor to a light fishing craft and, according to shore witnesses, were standing in deep waters near the middle of the lake when the boat overturned. None of the youths could swim well, and all three drowned before rescue boats could reach the scene. Efforts to revive them failed. Little 12-year-old Margaret Ann Fisher, on her way to a neighborhood grocery last night in Denton, Texas, crossed a dark corner and stepped into the street. An automobile without light struck her down and kept going. Today at 12 o'clock noon, the bell of death rang for Margaret Ann Fisher, whose life gave way to injuries. And now, a word from our announcer. Crime and death take no holiday. 
And now for your commentator's story for today. But first, this word from Texaco. Walk safely, drive safely, talk safety, and obey the law. That's the safety slogan of the Texas company's great statewide safety campaign inaugurated with this broadcast. Their urgent plea is to drive safely. The heavy toll of traffic deaths throughout Texas and the entire nation has reached staggering proportions. Join in this campaign of safety and do your part toward the reduction of traffic deaths. Don't take advantage of the power and speed of even our own good Texaco Sky Chief gasoline when there's the danger of taking a human life. Sky Chief gasoline will carry your car on to great speeds, 50, 60, 70, and 80 miles an hour with ease. Yet Texaco warns you to drive at safe speeds to be careful. Any Texas Highway Safety Patrolman or Texaco dealer will be more than happy for the privilege of explaining in detail the driving laws and regulations of our state. And now to our story, especially written as a memo for your mind and conscience. It deals with a traffic fatality wherein a crime is committed, the reaction of which brings to the offender a punishment greater than that dealt by judge and jury. Here is Clark Folks. A raw gray wind pushed him down into his coat as he searched the dusk for his car. It was lurking somewhere on the side streets of the warehouse section of a great city. He was late, and he seemed alone. The car seemed a thing of evil will eluding him in this gray November murk. When he found it and thrust the key smoothly into the door handle, he felt differently. As one hand slipped over the steering wheel and the other touched the gear shift, he felt reassurance, relief. He had a sudden vision of the dining table at home two miles away. It was to be a birthday party dinner, and he was to bring candles for the cake. Nine of them. He could get them at the corner drugstore. He'd get a couple of good cigars, too, and a box of candy for the wife. Then the starter wouldn't work. He looked about for moving lights or the blur of a pedestrian, but only silence greeted him. The still street lights and the black shapes of night. He tried once more. Luckily, the starter responded. He was soon skirting the uptown section. The colors of the traffic signals and the blare of many-shaped signs reflected through the windshield. He turned off on Main Street, ran into relative dusk again, and soon was approaching his drugstore corner. Suddenly, something thudded against the car. That was his first impression. He felt the wheel turn slightly in his hand. He came to a sudden stop and looked back. The body of a child lay on the pavement. A blotch of white. A girl. He hadn't done it. He knew he hadn't. But no one else was in sight. His mind began to shriek within him. He had done it. Then there flashed before him a thought that rendered momentary hysteria. Her father. He couldn't face her father. A court, yes. Inquiry, yes. But the child's father, never. The body hadn't moved. He became very quiet within himself. All this turmoil subsided. He seemed withdrawn to a great pool of stillness. He looked about, still no one. He slipped his car into gear, quietly, as if he were tiptoeing in a dream. He gathered speed. He raced for the city's lights. He forgot his home, the dinner, and the candles. He must get back. 
Back to the parking street behind the office. Back to where the starter jammed. He would put the car there and sit in it there. Leave it there with the starter jammed. But the starter wasn't jammed. He was running the car. He had unjammed that starter long ago. Years ago now. He had been uptown since then. He had killed a child since then. Down among the warehouse canyons, he was calmer again. He felt the gloom envelop him. Still in the grip of his obsession, he maneuvered the car to the position it had previously occupied. He turned off the switch. The silence appalled him. Then for the first time, he began to think. He realized what he had done and why he had run. Then came that thought of truth again. He would have to face her father. Yes, that, that was inevitable. He would have to face her father. In a moment, he was relaxed. He rushed upstairs to his office to phone his wife and daughter to tell them the starter had jammed and delayed him. He would be right home and bring the candles. The line was busy. Twice, three times. He couldn't get through. He hurried to his car again. He'd be home before they were through talking. He was. His wife met him at the door. There were people behind her in the room. Someone had laid a coat plumped down on the birthday party dinner table. Suddenly, he saw only his wife's eyes. Gerald, she said, someone came up, held her. It was old Dr. Thorne. Come in here, Gerald, said Dr. Thorne. Hang on to yourself, man. It's Mary, hit and run artist. She's just gone. His wife clung madly to him. She became hysterical. She pleaded with Gerald. He hit her and run, she said. Get him, Gerald. Make him pay for killing our baby. He hit her and ran. I'll get him, he said weakly. I'll get him. As he turned away, he was standing squarely before the full-length mirror in the hallway. And then, like lightning, that thought struck him again. He grew suddenly weak. They helped him to a chair. He had come face to face with her father. Crime and Death Take No Holiday, a copyrighted feature, is presented Mondays through Saturdays by the Texas Company, makers of that supremely fine Texaco Sky Chief Gasoline. Use dispatches from United Press and from Special Wire direct from the Department of Public Safety in Austin. For 1,500 Texaco dealers of Texas and your Texaco crime and death reporter, Clark Folks, this is Jimmy McLean bidding you a most pleasant good afternoon and reminding you to walk safely, drive safely, talk safely, and obey the law. This is the Texas State Network. Windows Media Configuration. Some exotic booze, there's a bar in far Bombay. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. Come fly with me, let's float down to Peru. In Llama Land, there's a one-man band, and he'll toot 
his flute for you. Come fly with me, let's take off in the blue. Once I get you up there where the air is rarefied, we'll just slide starry-eyed. Once I get you up there, I'll be holding you so near. You may hear angels cheer, cause we're together. Weather-wise, it's such a lovely day. Just say the words and we'll beat the birds down to Acapulco Bay. It's perfect for a flying honeymoon, they say. Come fly with me, let's fly, let's fly away. I get you up there Where the air is rarefied We'll just glide starry-eyed Once I get you up there I'll be holding you so near You may hear angels cheer Cause we're together Weather-wise, it's such a lovely day You just say the words and we'll beat the birds Down to Acapulco Bay It's perfect for a flying honeymoon They say, come fly with me Let's fly, let's fly Pack up, let's fly away You make me feel so young You make me feel so spring has sprung And every time I see you grin I'm such a happy individual The moment that you speak I wanna go play hide and seek I wanna go and bounce the moon Just like a toy balloon You and I are just like a couple of tots Running across a meadow Picking up lots of forget-me-nots You make me feel so young You make me feel there are songs to be sung Bells to be rung And a wonderful fling to be flung And even when I'm old and gray I'm gonna feel the way I do today Cause you make me feel so young You make me feel so young You make me feel so spring has sprung 
And every time I see you grin I'm such a happy individual The moment that you speak I want to go and play hide and seek I want to go and bounce the moon Just like a toy balloon You and I are just like a couple of tots Running across a meadow Picking up lots of forget-me-nots You make me feel so young You make me feel there are songs to be sung Bells to be rung Wonderful things to be flung And even when I'm old and gray I'm gonna feel the way I do me feel so young you make me feel so young you make me feel so young Ooh, you make me feel so young ah uh, yeah well that was my Christmas gift from Nancy Sinatra this year oh how nice yeah hi everybody hi Sir Walden hello Lady Patricia how are you? We're super. Did you get a snack? I know. My mom said, my mom's awake. You eat all night? I said, yes. Don't you? I'm in sleep most of the time. So You had a picnic for I had a piece of cheese. You had a picnic for I had a piece of white cheese. Piece of white cheese. I figured that's supposed to be good oh, for you. Oh, cheese is good for you. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, considering I'm on a different clock. I mean, she thinks that they start at 6 in the morning. Uh-uh. You know, not me. Uh-uh. 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 My brother's up and awake, so he'll be going to work. I don't know what happened to my calendar. It didn't... It didn't happen. I mean, today is the first, and I set it for 1.30 in the morning. Yeah. And it was supposed to give me a little squeak. Well, maybe... It, maybe it made a boo-boo. Pardon? Maybe it made a boo-boo. I don't know. It's a new year, so I didn't recognize it. I mean, there it is. It says... January 1st, 2012, 1.30 a.m. But this is not February 1st. It's supposed to be January 1st. I'm sorry. It's January 1st. Did I say February? Uh-huh. No, it's January. I did send it. Oh, okay. I said it for January. Okay. Well, she said February 1st. We're ahead of schedule. And it was supposed to tinkle at 10 minutes before, and it didn't do anything. Uh, well, we were okay. I kept my eye on the watch, but... I'm losing you again. Are you you sit on the bed and have your microphone on the hello, on the other side of the room? I know it. Hello, hello. Oh, Do there you, you go. There you go. Uh huh. I guess I got guy talking to the microphone. We're we're gonna have to get you one that hangs around your neck. Well, that's true. That could, could be true. And also, uh, once we go to Skype here pretty soon, we'll sound a lot better. Yeah. And we'll have we'll be flexible. We can we can be portable too. We can walk around. You can portable microphones. You could. And you could, too. So I can't use my phone anymore? You can. I'm just giving you the flexibility. You can do anything that Patricia wants. Good. I'm going to bed. You have a good night. <laughs> you know. All right. Give us a call. Somebody has to say, Happy New Year. No, We're- no. You can say, Patricia, you can go to bed. We've got three time zones covered. Patricia wants to go to bed. Well, she really doesn't. Boy, now there she goes crackling again, and I'm not even sitting near anything. Well, then, I, you know what I think the solution is? What? Go to the computer and just sit by in the other room. 
what? Well, don't you think that would fix it? You mean, in, no, I'm in the other room. Well, go back to the other room. We have no bulldogs in Florida. But we have one computer for Patricia. We have one computer for Patricia. Actually, we do not. We have two computers for Patricia. Well, we have two computers, but one doesn't behave very well. One, one is a little bit under the weather. A little bit. My goodness, poor baby. She's working right now, but she'll disappear in a little bit. Mm. Oh, my. You know, between cars and computers and bodies and, oh, what a week. You're high maintenance. I'm high maintenance. <laughs> Did I tell you they gave my car a bath before they gave her back to me? Aww. It's all perky. Aww. It's really nice. Did you recognize it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. She was waiting for me. Good. Good. It's so bad. You know, that poor little car. Uh, she really got whomped. Uh, all better now. They really did a wonderful job. Anybody in the Fort Myers area, you go to Mike's Auto Body and Paint on Idlewild, just off Metro Parkway. Yes, it's near McGee Closet. And near McGee's Closet, yeah. <laughs> I got, they really, they did such a nice job on the car, and they were such nice people to deal with. And Hooray! be able to say, I'm happy to... We only want good people to take, after, take care of Patricia. That's you know, oh. we need to do that more yeah, often. Yeah. We have no compunction about saying this store caused a problem or that store didn't have good merchandise. We don't talk about the ones who treat us well and who do good jobs. We need to do that more often. I think so. Who treated you well this week? Everybody. Oh, be specific. Or as the other person was... My mama, my, my mama, my papa, my brother, Patricia. Uh, we're, we're talking in the commercial world. Who treated you well this week? Did I, did I, let's see, well, we always go to the, uh, the well, we, we shop at a, a neighborhood uh, grocery store, they all know us, we all know them, so always good service in the grocery store, potato butters do a really good job, and let's see, what else, uh, Rite Aid Pharmacy does always a great job for my dad and the, and the family. Excellent. And uh, Snoopy's house did really good work this week. We just saw Snoopy's and all his stuff. I'm waiting for Jim Jordan to give me a call back. They were just so swamped. Oh yeah. With what was going on. Oh yeah. It's probably the week after New Year's would well, be a good time. Well, well, we can work something out with them. Uh huh. And I, I said we had hoped to be able to talk with him beforehand before the end of the year so that we could encourage people to go have a good time at Snoopy's house. A lot of people showed up. So, Snoopy's house. Yeah. It's good. Okay, so they treated you well. Uh-huh. Did uh -huh. I tell you when we were out looking at Christmas decorations the other night, we found a house with Snoopy's doghouse? No. Oh, it's big. It must have been one of those blow-up type. Uh-huh. You know, you put it in an airtight thing. Yeah. And Lucy and Linus and Charlie Brown and Snoopy, they were all there. And they had a great big Snoopy's doghouse. And then around the corner, a couple of blocks away, mm -hmm. we found a Hanukkah house. Did I mention this? Yeah, you mentioned that last night. Oh, it was so much fun good. to look at. Good. It was really good. It was well done. Good. Happy Hanukkah and these great big letters. Good. It was so nice to see. And. Oh, oh, somebody oh. else treated you well? I. I 
I'm always blessed with people to treat me well. I, if they... yeah, sometimes when it's just exceptional. Who was exceptionally good this week? Give us a call and let us know who treated you well, who did a good job. Where would you go back Yeah. have an opportunity to do that? Shopping, service, anything at all. What the nicest things have happened to you in a store? That's a nice question to ask sometimes. Dollar bill? <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking about all those, all those people who were struggling this year and people... The, the Santas, the nominated Santa helpers help pay bills for people. And that, that was so good. Yeah. So good. I mentioned to you before Christmas, it was, the, the store was just packed, and I know that everybody who worked there must have been exhausted, and it never showed. They had people in the aisle saying, how can I help you? What can I help you find? Uh, Are you finding what you need? I mean, it was just... I can tell you who else helped us. I, 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 I need to... Thank Macy's department store. Ah, for it, it, um, helping a lot of abused females. Well, tell me about um, that. One of the things my Lion Club does, we support a woman a, a, uh, facility that allows abused mothers to keep their children with them. Uh huh. And they have 18 mommies with families. And. At Christmas time, we always try to make sure the kids get toys. Uh -huh. Uh, but they made a special request. Uh, a lot of these females don't have um, the little cosmetic items to make them feel special. Uh -huh. Perfume, things like that. And my dad said, you know, generally we, uh, for my mom, we always go to Macy's or, or a department and get a perfume or something or body lotion. And a lot of times, um, they'll throw in little goodies, you know, little samples. Uh -huh. Well, my dad thought, you know, if they're doing that, maybe Macy would consider donating um, items to the women's shelter. So we drew up a letter. And we went down, and Macy called the store manager, and the store manager, and this was like the week just before Christmas. Mm -hmm. So busy time. And busy were... time, and the guy apologized. So we really short part, but he went behind the count and gave us Chanel number fives. Whoa! <laughs> so we wound up with eight, 18 samples of Chanel number five to get to. Oh, how nice! Yeah, so I have to thank Macy's department stores for that. That was a nice gesture. Mm -hmm. Um. Just anything would be nice, but Chanel number five? Yes. Good. Very nice. Really nice. Very nice. So, so one of the things that tends to get overlooked for the abuse and counseling treatment centers mm -hmm. where abused women and, uh, you know, people who, who need a haven and a refuge right away. Yep. And they usually make sure that they have accommodations for both, both mom and kids. And they have clothing there and personal items and things that people need because most of these women just leave. I mean, right. it, it is just such a critical situation that they grab the kids and they run. And what is often overlooked is that as part of the, the um, I'll call it a service, it's a whole lot more than a service, 